Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Boys in the Barrio. It's been a while, and actually, um, I just need to make my, I need to say this. Uh, like I was telling my gentleman here, um, I've been in a slump, so deep in a slump that I don't even want to wipe my ass. That's how deep of a slump I've been in. But um, we're getting out of it. We are getting out of it, and we're going to get out this motherfucker, so we're going to make it happen. So today, we have a special guest in the podcast, and um, it is... uh, Super Bowl winner, quarterback, Russell Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> nah, no, I'm bullshitting. I'm kick your ass, baby. No, no, no. I, I, just, <laughs> I just was not going to forgive myself if I didn't say that. Nah, uh, he's a good friend of the podcast. Every time we've done a Donkey Boy and Friends uh, show, art show, um, sadly, well, it's not sad. It's actually a cool and a good thing. Um, every time we've... Um, met with him and talked to him at the show we're always too drunk to even remember remember the conversation and i'm always i'm always something else yes and then (laughs) and then um the part is the fact is that by that time we're so chopped we're not even paying attention to the audio so by the time i go to editing the audio it just sounds all fucked up so um uh, it is my pleasure to welcome Lamont French to the Boys in the Barrio. I'm actually happy to have you, man. What Thank up, you for... What up, uh, what up, what up, He actually... We were supposed to make it happen, but he actually... Uh, I forgot when he reached out, and then we just connected, and we made it happen, man. I appreciate you for reaching out, for man. For sure, man. For sure, for sure. You guys know I'm big supporters of you guys, and y'all pushing the culture as far as the, on the art scene and um, just being able to make it relevant here in the city of Houston, so I'm happy to be here. That's what we're trying to do, man. I mean, it's... <clears throat> You know how it is. Like I said, we you hit, we you get your ups, you get your downs. But I appreciate you showing love, man, and keeping us in your mind always. And Definitely. we we always love talking to you, man. So that's why we have you here. So Definitely. Jamal, first of all, um, how you been, bro? Because we haven't spoken to you in a while. I'm good, man. Uh, you know, work, living, <laughs> breathing air, shit is watching <laughs> watching shit burn all around. Hollywood is still burning. Ain't that crazy when people be like, "What you been up to?" The, the common answer is, oh, shit, nothing, work. <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. You know, there ain't too much else going on, man. But, no, nah, I'm good, though. I'm, I'm good, man. Um, well, so, come on, first to get started, man, can you tell the people a little bit about what you do? What is it that you uh, what is it that you focus on? Which you are an artist, but what type of artist are you? Um, so, I'm as far as the discipline and what you want to call it uh, in the art world, the genre, you would call it uh, neo-expressionism. So uh, Basquiat, uh, Jean-Michel Basquiat was really um, the person, him and Julian Schnabel, they put that that genre on the map. And uh, that's just where it's like abstract art, but there's always an underlying message to what you see um, at first with the eye. So um, uh, as far as my my um, my medium, it's mixed media. Uh, I'm a painter. I'm a collager. Um, I use materials that I find pretty much anywhere. And then, um, as far as me personally, I like to call my style a simplistic complexity. So it's where I take something extremely simple. Um, it could be just whatever image. I'll give you an example. My biggest muse is probably the American flag. Okay. So uh, you can see a lot of them on my IG, at French Lamont. Um, Lamont is L-A-M-O-N-T-E. Um, and uh, I take that image of the flag and I distort it in several different ways. But the thing is, uh, what you see is exactly what I want you to see. But the dissertation, the message behind it is always something different. I know what you're going to see. I know the, 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 the story and, and the, what you're gonna, the explanation you're going to put in your mind when you first see it. And I do that on purpose. 
but the the meaning behind it is always something different so it's kind of a, a play on emotions as you can say um you know as men you kind of do that man so <laughs> artists man artists are kind of like lyrical in a way bro it's like you gotta dig deep into that lyrics you know yeah. what i'm saying there's lyrics within the lyrics yeah yeah <laughs> nah yeah. but uh can you give me an explanation <laughs> what that was what, what, what what is uh so what is the mean what was the deeper meaning into that one which one the american <coughs> flag one um i got a bunch but um one of them you don't gotta you know. okay so the one i think the one you're talking about is the one that had the, the nine millimeter bullets as the star yeah yeah Jeff. um okay so what that was um you know i did it with watercolors and acrylic and then i took the nine millimeter bullets and i soaked them in a putty so when the putty dried on the bullets it looked like flesh okay and then instead of actually putting white stars on the flag i put the nine millimeter bullets as the stars so literally you can just see bullets as the stars there's 50 bullets there that represent 50 stars and all my and in majority of my flags there's always 13 stripes and 50 stars and that is because the flag is distorted so whatever it looks like to you whatever it means or whatever you might not like it but at any given time you might have to salute a flag so if you don't like that flag, it doesn't matter. It's still official. It's an official flag. So that means you can't burn it. Yeah. It would be illegal to burn it. You can't, you know, you you can, again, you don't have to believe in what it, what it says or what it looks like or anything like that, but you still going to have to salute it. So that particular flag, I knew that everyone was going to look at it because it's it, uh, it has different colors on it. It looks like splattered blood. Uh, the bullets look like they have flesh on them. Um it's just uh you know it's runny it's 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 just really um <clears throat> it's just really you know it looks like shit <laughs> you know yeah, basically yeah, yeah. that's the best way i could put it and that's why it's called the ugly truth now when you hear that title you think of you know with me being a black man you're thinking i'm talking about police brutality and um you know police killing people and, and all of those things are are relevant you know uh uh as soon as, as soon as you said police brutality, Jamal started taking off his, his, his like, we're about to talk about this. Right, 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 right. And, and like I said, all that's relevant, but there's so much other things that yeah. are relevant as well in that piece. Those bullets could represent, you know, some uh, uh, um, just a kid, a 13-year-old kid getting shot in the street. Um, there's also uh, light splotches in the flag, and those represent uh, the salted tears that a mother might cry for her son who died in Afghanistan. Or, <clears throat> to me, remind me. Uh, if you ask me, as I'm looking at, like, I would think, like, how many uh, people don't realize how many bullets or lives were taken just to make this country what it is. Right? Exactly. exactly. So that's another meaning. Yeah, exactly. I don't know that exactly. I just exactly. Took, like exactly. That. I like yeah. That. So I, I don't know. That's just what I just thought about right now. <laughs> right. So I got um, another one. It's called America Dehydrated. It, it's, it's like, like really distorted, distorted. It's really faded. And then uh, one half it has uh, black splotches all over it, and the other half it has uh, white splotches all over it. So what that what those represent are leeches, and the black splotches and the white splotches they don't represent black and white people. But if I sit up and I tell you that initially, that's what you're gonna think. Yeah. But what it represents is <clears throat> the reason the flag is faded and distorted, and the papers all ripped up is because and it's called America dehydrated because as Americans, as a society as a whole, we suck America dry for everything that is worth all the laws that are set in place all the freedoms that we have all the privileges that we had we as a people we suck it dry we take advantage of it we take it for granted and the black and white leeches represent that it's no gray area it's either black or it's white period so is it more closer to good and evil than it would be you can say that you can say that yeah you, you, you could definitely say that you could definitely say that um 
But again, upon looking at it and looking at that title, you're going to have a certain perception. Right. You know, but when you go deeper into it and you listen to what the reasoning is behind it, it's something totally different. And then it, it kind of makes you, it's, it's like a love-hate thing. You know what I mean? But it, you can kind of reverse it. It's, a, it's more like a hate-love thing. Now, when you first look at it, you might hate it at first. But then when you understand it, you're going to love it. And it's going to open your eyes. So, um, you know, it, it, I always tell myself, if I can get a person to look at one of my pieces for 10 minutes, I feel like it's done its job. Okay. So, so how do you feel about um, the way your art is interpreted? Do you want? Do you mind that, that maybe people will have something straight? So uh, let me ask you about your art and the way people interpret it. Um, do you mind when they have a completely different outlook on it? And, and if so, or if not, are you trying to guide them a certain way? Or do you mind that they can kind of veer off and they can go uh, what they believe it is? You know, the funny thing is that, you know, the, the cliche saying in art is that the, the, I guess, the explanation or art is in the eye of the beholder. You know what I mean? So my interpretation is definitely not going to always be what they interpret it as. But the the crazy part is I hate explaining this shit. I hate explaining it like, because I hate explaining it when people are like, oh, I didn't see that. And I guess that's kind of that's kind of bias of me, or it's kind of assholeish of me because yeah. it is my work, and you do want people to understand yeah, it yeah, or whatnot. Yeah. But I don't make art to necessarily for a consumer to say, okay, I want to buy this. I I do it because you know I got something in my brain that I have to actually regurgitate. You have out. to put it out exactly, yeah. or I'm gonna go crazy. <laughs> you know, I can wake up at two o'clock in the morning because I had a thought in the middle of my sleep and then start painting. And that's literally how how it works sometimes. So, you know, people have their interpretations, and that's beautiful. That's the beauty in art is that they have their own interpretation. And if they buy it and put it in their home, it might mean something totally different. But I'm still going to give you what it means to me so that you understand it. So my thing is if they have an understanding of, you know, what it meant to me, then that's great. No, their interpretation or, or how they take it is something totally different. That's that's fine. Which is crazy right. because sometimes um, I think there is, I don't know, it, it could go either way, but there is pieces of art that, you know, big pieces of art that I would love, you know, with today's technology to know, man, what uh, what the artist was thinking yeah. at the time. Yeah. Where, where was your mind? You know, like, were you, because some art is like, fuck, I think this person was in a dark place. You know, but I wonder what you were thinking, yeah. you know, like, where yeah. were you? Because we all go through it. You Basquiat's, know what I mean? So, like, his last, like, he owed a gallery, I think, something like 15 pieces. So, like, the last <laughs> year and a half, he made these pieces. And everybody says, like, they're genius pieces. You know, they're, they're large, the, 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 the color patterns, the strokes. Like, they're beautiful, beautiful pieces, but they're dark. They're so dark. Uh, you know, spirits and, and things like that, um, you know, demons and, and, and things that he would, you could tell what he was going through. You could tell he was going through. You could feel his emotions. Exactly, exactly. So it, it's funny because I tell people whenever I'm doing a piece, when I'm done with that piece, I got to take at least a week or sometimes two weeks away from art altogether because I pour everything in me to that piece yeah. you know from my soul to what my thoughts were I have a piece uh, it's called 3053 words <clears throat> and what it is it has um, it has different quotes from different people in history through the test of time people and I mean it, it ranges from Mike Tyson to Magic Johnson to Jesus Christ to John the Baptist to the 12 apostles 
to Nietzsche to Tupac Shakur all the way down to Easy E saying it's all about making that GTA. You know what I mean? All of these pieces are mixed together uh, on this piece, and it looks like a map. The words have created like this map. There's a lot of symbolism in it um, as well. Um, but it took me eight months to make that piece. Fuck, that's a lot of time and a you lot know, of energy and a lot of shit. Exactly. But through those eight months, I literally at times physically got sick. Like I got migraine headaches. Uh, you know, I got the flu during that time. Uh, yeah, and, and it was just because of the energy that I was putting into this piece. The words that were spoken, you know, I wrote every single letter. There's a, uh, there's a mark on there, and it's the mark of a slave. Uh, named Joshua Babineau, who fought for he he was on the uh, Babineau plantation in South Carolina in 1833, and that was his mark that he made <coughs> to fight for the Union for the Union Army to get his freedom. Now, if you think about it, in 1833, he never thought that just his mark because he couldn't read or write. He never thought that it would be famous one day. So it's us paying homage. My art, you know, I try to pay homage to past history, whatever that may be, and bring it present and make it relevant. But the thing is, you got to take that emotion. You can feel that emotion, that energy. You get that energy of uh, Henry the Eighth of England. Uh, you get the emotion of Malcolm X. You get the emotion of Louis Farrakhan. You get the emotion of George Washington when he led his troops in the battle and he knew he was um, leading them pretty much into their death. You know, you, you get those emotions as you write those words as you and it's not just, you know, just because they're words, even when you do images and colors and things like that, because you're you're letting out what's inside of you. So it's it's transferring onto this canvas. It's kind of like an actor when they're working a role, man, like they exactly. get really into it. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, there's some other things that can assist at, at certain times that kind of get you in that mood, you know. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> a little, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A little, ex yeah. a little yeah. ecstasy. We're talking about music. <laughs> yeah. yeah, music. Yeah, we're talking hey, about music. When you said, when you, said uh, my, you quoted Mike Tyson, I was hoping it wasn't when, uh, remember when he said, I broke my back. What do you mean by that? Your back is broken. What uh, a vertebrae or, or well, what portion? Spinal. I broke my back. <laughs> spinal. <laughs> spinal. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I can't. Uh, huh? Mike Tyson? No, he's no, he the most awful. No, no, no. That was a, that was during an interview. And chews off ears. That was an yeah, interview. Yeah, he chews off ears and he Just says crazy stuff. Still one of the best. I still want to talk he's shit to him, though. He's but, a badass <laughs> motherfucker. For uh, he's scary. But yeah, uh, so... Tell us a little bit about how you be your journey, man. How you started, where you from, a little bit, so people get a you an understanding that? of where you know your story. You want to hear that long ass story? Hey, <laughs> we got nothing but time, man. You know it's funny, man, because when I actually became an artist, I didn't know like what the hell I was I was doing. I was like, okay, I'm a, I'm gonna actually do what makes me happy, and and really give this a shot. And uh, like two years later, like maybe two and a half years later, I had my first solo gallery. And, you know, the night before, I remember praying and thanking God for everything that I had been through in my life to lead me up into that point, because I felt like all those things had prepared me for everything I was about to embark upon from the grind of it to, um, you know, just being creative and dealing, being able to deal with people in different realms and things like that. So um, I guess we, we can start, uh, you know, I'm, I'm from the city of Houston, you know, my my. My mantra, you know, what I stand by is I'm just a Creole kid from Houston, you know. And the thing is, when I say that, um, 
it's it's to describe myself, but it's also to let people know I'm no different from you. I just okay. I just dream in color. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's 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 probably like that's you know, that's what that means. You know, my parents allowed me to see the world bigger than what was in front of me. You know, I don't talk about it a lot, but my dad was a high profile professional athlete. And um, you know, which made me a high profile professional athlete at the age of nine being his son. Um, and then um, you know, going through high school here in the city of Houston, um, you know, and, and playing football and, and having to deal with all that media attention and the uh you know, the eye being on you for you know You don't mind me asking what high school did you go to? I went to Stafford High School. Okay. Uh, between it was like a, a little spit shot between Sugar Land and Sugar Land. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah, what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah. yeah. So um, you know, shout out to the Spartans. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, uh, and then I went to New Mexico State University on a football scholarship. And then that's you, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had a a, a small little stint, uh, a, a shot at a, a short, short professional career. And then, uh, you know, I came back home to Houston. I got my degree in four years. And I didn't want to be one of those people, you know, that was a dream that uh, I fulfilled. But I didn't want it to be something that I had to do. Um, you know, with my dad being a professional athlete, he was just proud that I got my degree. In four years, which is something I wanted to, you know, touch a bit on is, <clears throat> you know, you see all these athletes that have, you know, previous athletes that have, you know, made it, and I always wondered, like, I wonder how they would treat their kids. Would it be like, hey, you have to do this, you know, this is what you're gonna yeah. do because I did this, or is it kind of like, man, I built this path. I know there's more for you than just what I did. You know, I just built the path for you. See beyond that. Did yeah, you, did it was some shit. I mean, some shit. You know, my dad was like, "Yeah, you got to do." But as far as playing football, that wasn't it. His his motto was, "If you're gonna do the shit, you're gonna do it full. You're gonna do it to the max." Okay, okay. And I'm gonna make sure you do it to the max. And if you're not doing it to the max, I'm gonna be on your ass. That's so. If you wanted to be a football player, you were gonna have to work out like a motherfucker. Exactly. Do what you gotta exactly. do. Exactly. And the to thing it. is, you know, when I was five years old. You know, I I watched him and and how he trained to be a professional athlete. And you gotta understand, when you get to that level, <clears throat> you are elite. Everybody's elite just to get to that, just to get to a training camp. But when you are an elite player, that means you got something that's like five times extra than the regular. So you gotta push yourself at a different average, level, yeah. exactly. And you're right, man, because you think about it. I mean, at least nowadays, what it's seven rounds is over 160 people, yeah, yeah. and that's not included in the amount of free agents and stuff that didn't exactly. make it through. So exactly, you got you know, you got college. Then you got the supplemental I mean, draft. It's, it's you know what I mean? So it's it's you know it's it's all kind of avenues. But I feel like that path, even even just the game, we'll, we'll take just the game of football. It taught me everything I know about life, from getting knocked down to being able to adjust to. It's a very, it's a good sport to yeah, teach it. Teach psychologically, somebody something. Yeah, yeah. psychologically, it, you know, even if you're not the best athlete, you have to, you, you got to figure out what what you're good at within yourself, and then you got to stick to that, and then you got to be the best at that, and, and and if you go balls to the wall at what you're good at and stay in your lane, then you're gonna be successful no matter what. And um, so after after that, I came home to Houston. Um, <coughs> And uh, I got a job. <laughs> I got a job. That's usually what you got to do when yeah, you come back you know from somewhere. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's what I got that degree for. Uh, I got a job and, uh, you know, I had I had kids. I got two kids. Um, and I got married. I was married for uh, for three years. I married my high school sweetheart. Uh, it's funny. We were together for 15 years and, and married for three. And it just didn't work. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> you know? But that happens. You know, we have two beautiful kids. Uh, and I tell everybody those are probably the two best pieces of work that I've ever created. Yeah. 
It's beautiful. Exactly. You touch so, a spot in my heart right now. <laughs> right now, I thought you touched this side, right? But they're a big part of my art, man. Because when I'm gone, you know, that's what that that'll be the le- like. My dad created a legacy for us. That's your legacy. That's my legacy for that's them. That's badass, man. You know, so, so, um, you know, and, and when I got divorced, I was 30 years old, and I said, okay, I'm a I'm a do what makes me happy, and I had to figure out how I was gonna do that. As far as putting myself in position to be successful. I remember for two years, I didn't paint anything. Nothing at all. I didn't write down anything. Well, I, I did write, but I didn't paint anything. But at this time, you were already doing art. Art was already like... In How you? I started in art was I started writing poetry when I was 14 years old. Okay. Um, you know, as a kid, I was always... Uh, well, I take that back. When I was like five years old, I started drawing these these characters of my dad in his professional football uniform. And uh, it's funny because on Saturdays, you could take your kids to practice because uh, it's basically, you know, they're just walking through and going over stuff. So I would give my dad like sometimes three, four pictures of himself, the same picture a day. And he would take them and he'd be like, thank you. And then I remember one time he asked me, he was like, man, why do you always draw the same thing? And I would say, you know, you're my favorite player and blase, blase. But the beauty in it, the beauty in a football player, you know what I mean? How he tapes his shoes, how his socks are a certain color, how he wears his sweet towel, or tapes his wrist with the eye black and even how they run. You know, there's there's that's artwork. So one Saturday, my dad took me to practice with him. And I'm in the locker room running around there out there on the field or whatever. And I'm looking for something, being bad. Um, <laughs> you know, Astrodome? So, uh, yeah, they play that. My dad played for the Houston Oilers. Um, and, uh, but we, we were at the, the practice days. facility. So I'm going through his locker or whatever, and I open up this little cubby. And this is where, like, they keep the toiletries and stuff like that. And he had every picture that I drew of him in that cubby. That's awesome. Damn, that's badass. Yeah. So, you know, my dad really was like my first fan. It's a know? badass story. Yeah, bro. man. So, um, man, you, a cool flip book, too, man. If you can just look through and you did it for so much time, you can kind of flip through would, and just yeah, see it. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we, I don't think he has any of those uh, pictures. Yeah, <laughs> I just think about that because, you know, they do pictures like that. Or I was like, man, I wish I would have done that where someone did the same pose. Yeah. 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 And at that time, my heart sucked. You know what I mean? It sucked. It was just, you know, he was flat faced and his feet went out. Yeah. You know what I mean? And his hands was flat and stuff like that. But, you know, uh, again, you know, he was my he was my first. And that was the thing. Like like he always said, if you're going to do some shit, you're going to do it balls to the wall. You know, so. But anyway, back to, um, like I said, when I was 14 year old, years old, I started writing poetry. And that just kind of evolved. It took me away from the pressures of athletics. You know what I mean? I could write my thoughts down. I could journal. I could even talk about what was going on in my personal life. Uh, just anything, period. And, um. Uh, so, again, back to when I got a divorce, I knew that I had that in me. I knew that I could write. Um, <clears throat> so, when I decided to, to actually take it on full-fledged, two years, I didn't paint anything. I didn't draw anything. I wrote down every image I had in my head in detail. So, I had probably maybe 35 paintings that I had wrote in, in verbal uh, form. And then... Uh, one day, uh, two years later, I told myself, I was like, all right, we're going to do this. So I took some paper that I had got. I had bought a bookshelf from Ikea. And it comes in like this, like uh, this real thin, like worn, worn paper. And um, I went to Texas Art Supply and um, I bought probably like $40 worth of material. And I made America Dehydrate. That was the first piece I ever did. 
But at this point, have you ever tried art before or no? Uh, I had never tried art on a large scale to where I really focused and I made an image of like a full body of work. I had I hadn't tried art in that way aside from just writing writing poetry. You know, half that shit was to get girls. So <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So <laughs> you know, but uh, you know, I still have that journal. You know, I I have the the very first poem that I wrote to uh, my girlfriend who became my wife. You know what I mean? I have a journal where it's just all poems for her. Um, you know, uh, but it it taught me that skill how to be detailed and to put my emotion on paper, and that way I could visualize it in my head. Now, most athletes they see their they have photographic memories. And that's how I am. So if I can write the words down, then I can see the image in my brain, and then I can translate it onto something. So that's kind of how I function. I have to see it in my head. But also, too, it could be a gift and a curse because I can't work on multiple pieces at one time. I have to work on a piece and complete that piece because my thoughts will get jumbled and the pieces will start to look alike. So if I have if I'm focused on one piece, it's gonna be original. Yeah, and it's gonna look just. I like get what that. you're saying. Yeah, so. yeah, I, I I can see that. I mean, it's a originality. And for me, as a buyer, if I were to buy a piece from you, I would want it. I wouldn't want it to look like nobody else. Exactly. Like, fuck exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> you get what exactly. I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah, I want the original. You <clears throat> get what I mean? The like, real shit. Yeah, the real yeah, yeah, shit. yeah. That's why I don't do prints. So all my pieces are, you know, that you're getting one of one. How long does it take for you to normally do your art? Depend. I mean, it just depends. I'm sure it varies. You said one was your one of your longest was eight months. Was eight that months, your longest yeah. uh, that it ever took, or was there something a little longer than that? I I think I think that was yeah. I think that was my that was my I think that yeah that was my longest. That one took me the longest. Eight months, eight months. And the crazy part is I had stained the canvas. I had poured like eight bottles of red wine on it, and then I poured maybe three or four bottles of whiskey on it. So I had to let it sit for like a month just so that it, the canvas the cotton canvas would absorb the alcohol, mm-hmm. and then I could actually right on it that was an aesthetic i decided you know because they say uh a drunken mouth speaks a sober heart so that was the that was the play on all of those words that's pretty cool man that is pretty cool. that's like that. fucking yeah, pretty say dope it again, say it again. <laughs> a, 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 a drunken mouth speaks a sober heart he's fucking speaking poetry right now <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's heavy i was like damn Man, that's pretty wild, man. So that took you a month at least, and then after that, the rest of the time was really what a thought processing. It was a thought actual... process. I'm gonna tell you what's crazy. Um, I had a I had a buddy of mine who's a photographer, and he watched me through that whole process, do that piece, and like sometimes he would come and he'd be like, "Man, you ain't did shit," because I would I, I would write, and, and the thing is, the canvas would talk to me, like it would tell me how to write the letters. When to touch it, when not to t- it was it would say sometimes the cameras would tell me be like look I don't I don't want you touching me right now, so I would have to leave it alone until it spoke to me again. The very first quote that I wrote was Jay Z. It was I wrote it in red. I still remember it. It was kind of small and it said, "Am I my greatest? Am I my biggest competition?" Was it? Am I my greatest? No, it says it, it said, "Am I my worst enemy?" No, but I am my greatest competition. That was the very first quote that I wrote by Jay-Z, Sean yeah. Carter. And then after that, uh, I wrote another one by Nietzsche. Um, there is always madness in love, but there's always some reasoning in the madness. Uh, and then I didn't touch it again for like another two months. Damn. So it was just two quotes on there. Yeah. And the thing is, I, I had the idea for like a year. And in my head, I had it to where I was just writing the quotes. So everything was lined up. 
But once I started writing the quotes, the letters started to change the, the which direction they were going. Other people came into mind. Um, I have one on there where I wrote it left handed in cursive by Abraham Lincoln. If you want to see the true character of a man, give him power. And I had to write it in cursive like he wrote it on uh, on his on on, you know, how they wrote back then. They yeah, wrote like parchment. Exactly. But I hadn't wrote in cursive since I was in like the second grade, let alone having to write it like that. So I wrote it with my left hand in cursive as fast as I could. And it looks just like his handwriting. But the thing is, that's like I go back to talking about that emotion. I had to channel that from somewhere totally different to get it to look like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, that was probably my longest piece. So that one took like eight months. My shortest piece, I did one. Uh, it took me five hours. And uh, it was a it was an abstract piece uh, that I did with all acrylic. If you look at it, uh, shout out to Chris Cardenas. Uh, he bought he actually bought that piece. Uh, that's a good friend of Donkey Boys. Of course, too. Yeah, he, yeah. he uh he opened up a, a Mamba Pan Pan American Pan Asian uh, restaurant down on West Gray. I got two pieces in there too. Oh, nice. Um, uh, one is a, a Blueprint Three Ode to Jay Z, um, talking about Jay Z being the the, the ghetto Robin Hood. Um, and telling that story But uh, he bought uh, this piece uh, Called Fuck No And um, it's spelled F-U-C-K uh, Going backwards And then the word no K-N-O-W It was a, a, a moniker that I created Free us because of knowledge That's the fuck And no is the root word of knowledge And uh, and it looks like spray paint But I did it with all graffiti And I didn't use a paintbrush I used a face towel I taped the face towel to my finger And I just I, I drew everything out um, with my two fingers and then I just smeared it and smeared it and smeared it and it's probably like maybe I would probably say like maybe f probably 50 layers of acrylic and it just pops so um, <clears throat> that one took five hours because it was just a mixing of paint so from five hours to eight months you know it can range between those two times <laughs> you know what I'm saying so, uh, uh, so. <clears throat> I'll tell you what I find uh, truly amazing um so as of lately, the NFL has been fucking blowing up, <laughs> the, like with all types of shit, right? <clears throat> Honestly, I'm gonna be honest with you. I haven't seen. I think it, subconsciously, I think I am like, fuck the NFL right now until the Super Bowl, right? Whatever. Of course. But I just didn't want. I don't. I don't think I want to watch. I'm just like I don't know. I it's just cause, that's because you're Texas. I, I I didn't feel it. Well, they ain't got no. But the, no, let's not get like, too much yeah. into that. But <laughs> yeah, but. Besides the football thing, I will tell you this: that uh, one thing that has uh, amazed amazed me about this this whole thing that's going on with the NFL and football players and just athletes and athletes in general uh -huh. is that they're just seen as um, machines or stock pieces, right? Yeah. Like they've always been seen that way. But as a recently, for me, for example, I've came to the conclusion that what I really like and appreciated about it is now players are starting to realize we have more potential than just what y'all see us as just like a fucking jersey or just running the football or just right. catching a football I think so for example for you so <clears throat> when i met you i was like damn like that's super badass you know um that's amazing i just truly appreciate you know where you came from and what you do now and you're just humble about it you know um coming from a father was an athlete you know you're not cocky at all you played you're not cocky at all you know and you just you appreciate it and you embrace everybody as you see them, you know, like yeah. treat that's everybody equally. That's a, that's accredited to my dad. My dad's from Ann Arbor, Michigan. And when he retired in 1990, that's where we moved. We moved to Ann Arbor, Michigan. And that's really where I found culture. 
because that's what the University of Michigan is. So if you know anything about Ann Arbor, it's like that big. So everything is University of Michigan. Now you think about when you go to college, you meet people from all over the world. Yeah. So the entire city is the is, is the university. So I'm going to elementary school with people with kids from Russia, from India, from Hungary, because their parents are exchange students or they're getting their, their doctorate or you know what I mean? They're they're from different countries. So my dad taught me to always be humble. Even though he was a high profile athlete, he always taught me that, hey, God can take this away from you like that if you're not grateful or if you're arrogant or if you don't understand the position that you're in to be an influence on other people. As an artist, my work is on display all the time. So what I'm the story that I'm telling through my work, I'm going to be able to influence someone, whether it be a kid that's four or five years old or it be an adult that's 60 years old. It's going to be a, it's going to it's going to move somebody some kind of way. Yeah, yeah, and you yeah, can't yeah. say if it's negative or positive as long as it moves you. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So it, it sparks some type of emotion. So you know, I, I'm I'm grateful to be able to have seen a lot of the things that I've seen in my lifetime, um, and be blessed with the talent that I have. Just to you know, I thank God for the ideas that I have that come to me the way that they do. So you know, I give a credit to that um, to my dad, and you know, and also too, I talk about my dad a lot, but my mom, you know, she she's a uh, you know, this little short French lady that don't play no games. You know, I used to tell people all the time, there's only two things that I'm scared of in this world. That's Jesus Christ and my mama. <laughs> you maybe know what maybe I'm not saying? even in that order. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, I don't you know? want to meet your mama. <laughs> you know? But, you know, um, you know, and I incorporate, you know, I, I, I talk about um, my, my, my solo gallery is a gallery that I created myself. Because I felt like if I waited for a gallery to sign me or give me a show, I was going to be waiting forever. Mm-hmm. So what I did was um, I invested in myself, you know, and that's what I try to if, if, if push to these kids. Take the money that you have and invest in yourself. So, you know, I put on I, I had my first solo gallery at HMAC, uh, Houston Museum, African-American Culture. Um, we had 375 people there. It was 18 pieces, two sculptures. It was a phenomenal, phenomenal show. Um, I funded everything on my own. Um you know, just because I felt like if don't nobody believe in me, I got to believe in myself. Of course. So, you know, so, you know, and, and people go out and they'll buy two, three hundred dollar pair of Jordans and stuff like that rather than investing in themselves. Shut up, fuck Jordan and fuck Jay. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have to say. He's the oh, only one today, you know? Yeah, yeah. Is anybody no, else you want to say? Fuck you right, no, it's just, I, I just <laughs> never. He just don't like nothing. No, man. but He's I just. Like, yeah, fuck them too. No, okay, but yeah, I just. Yeah. You got to remember, you're talking about. Fuck the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> Where you gotta remember, I'm in a slump right now. So I know. Fuck that's everything. true. That's true. That's true. That's true. But that's true. nah, not no. But the NFL for real. Fuck him. And then uh, <laughs> NF uh, fucking uh, Jordan. I heard he's a he's a douche. So that's all I'm. Well, saying. I mean, he's Jordan. I mean, is that really surprising? And then again, his yeah. shoes, dude. It's like, never mind. They're a little, they're little ridiculous. They're they're little ridiculous. And they're not even like they're, they're. Don't get me wrong. They're some badass pair of shoes. Oh yeah. I see them like art pieces, kind of like it's it. See? So now you gotta have a whole different perspective on it. I mean see what I'm <laughs> for a female who doesn't collect Jordans to see the art in each shoe and how men like collect them. Yeah. Like passionately collect but, I, I get them. you, but the thing about Jordans is I feel okay, this is where it's 
I don't see the art in it. <laughs> I just don't. I now, if you give me a pair of Adidas like, and a Diodoras or yeah, some yeah. other shit, I you see you see like yeah, the creativity yeah, yeah. that goes behind saying. that shoe, where they just want you to look different from a Jordan or anything else. No, I, I get what you're saying. So I, I, I don't I understand, understand what you're saying, yeah. but I get what you're saying even though. Even the late eighties, early nineties. But even, but not take it from a fashion standpoint. Yeah. You know, and that's what I try to incorporate. I don't try art. to get too much into fashion because I suck at fashion. I don't know if they fuck fashion too. But here's the difference. Like, Adidas are the new era of the Jordan. Like, that True. was the beginning. Yeah, of and then you got guys like Jeremy Scott that are taking Adidas, like, to a whole nother. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, I mean, even Pharrell got involved. I mean. You um, know what I'm saying? Kanye. Kanye got But Kanye know. went and did the, the whole. Oh, Fucking three five hundred dollar shoes, and I, I'm gonna be honest. I don't think they're all that, but that's just me. But people are, people you know what's crazy though? Kanye's a, Kanye. Like I love Kanye. Like his passion. No, the I, motherfucker's a genius. Yeah, I, I, I. Sometimes I am like Kanye, dog. Like. Just calm down. On, he's emotional. He's an emotional. He emotional. He's an emotional creative. But that's a, so, he's passionate. Exactly. He's, he's passionate, passionate, and I can't knock that. Exactly. And I, I just love him for like. Speaking his passion, yeah, like you can't man. really fucking knock him and for the, it. And you know the thing is, like when you, he's a he's he's a genius. Yeah. You know one of his one of the baddest songs. I don't even think people understand that he uh, that he produced is Alicia Keys. You don't know my name. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I knew it. I knew he, he, he won a great. Yeah, that's yeah. like. But if you listen, like, cause all you hear is like the classical piano. You hear the the voice yeah. arrangements, and you see Alicia. So you think that you know that's all her doing, but nah, that's that's him going to a different place. And then you, the whole eight hundred eight heartbreak album where he took the stethosonic sound and you know the uh, that was a bad album, man. In the night, I hear you calling. You know yeah. the coldest story ever told. Like I mean, you got you know like you gotta feel that. You know what's crazy, man? I remember when that first came out, I was already a huge Kanye stan anyways. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was with him, especially with College Dropout, man, because he had kind of that quirky, nerdy, yeah, man. like kind of geeky swag, and that was that fit me perfectly in high school. So I was like, okay, you know. And then College Dropout, Dropout, College. I was like, oh, yeah, this is my shit right here. You the hardest line the hardest line on College Dropout, uh, I got mayonnaise colored bins. I push miracle, miracle whips. whips. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was a, that was clean yeah, too. Yeah, man. Yeah. But when 808s came out, I was worried. Cause I was like, man, I don't know if I'm gonna like this or not. And uh, and I'll be real. The first time I heard the whole album, I was like, it's okay. There's right. a couple songs I like. There's a couple songs I didn't. And then one day, man, I was just like, just driving. It was kind of just a, a gloomy evening and stuff. I had a long drive, and I was like, I was just kind of flipping through stuff. And I what about that? In. What about I started thinking as I was, I was listening to the music. I was listening to, it and I was just like, I was like, damn. On a deeper level, huh? I genuinely, I was like, I love this album. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I I love it pretty much, even though I heard the the extra ones like Pinocchio Story. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. You right, know, right. and I was just like, damn, dude, like this is crazy. I was like, I was like, why do I love this so? I mean, it, but it, it just hit me because. Some of my favorite music is anything, something I can visualize. So it's not just I'm listening to lyrics. Now I'm, I can imagine it going to something. You know, I can imagine a war going on. I can, you know exactly. what I mean? Or I can imagine. Exactly. You know, like I can taking imagine those like words and writing them down. You can see it. Or whatever. You can see it. Sports. Yeah. Just stuff why, that, anything that gets me. That's why it's so good to communicate through art instead of like Trump who goes on Twitter and rants. And I have done that, but I do it for, you have a few people you do it with, not a, a large audience. Well, you're not the president because, either. Because you know, you're... <laughs> right. He should you know what I'm saying? You know? But, saying, <laughs> but you're a person, so you have to be aware of your audience yeah. at all, at, at on some levels, as a, this is uh this is my good friend Meredith Reinhardt. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, let me go, go. let me this is my 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 girl, my homie. Hey. 
Meredith Reinhardt, she's also an artist too. What's your IG, Meredith? Oh boy, it's long. M. Dude, you don't have to spell it out. To be continued. Or do you? Like, is it? Don't take me back to my good old self. I have to spell my email out. You might have to post some. Okay, so Meredith being here, I met her. Uh, in, in my building that I moved into and I had like some shit on my pants uh, and she looked and she was like what 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 is what's that on your pants I was like oh, it's paint she's like what do you do I was like I'm an artist she was like me too and we For instantly real? became yeah. like good friends and we are two completely totally 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 completely different people but through yeah, art through the art but through art I was able to meet a wonderful person you know what I'm saying and, yeah. and even meeting you guys you know what I mean so art has done so so much for me on on 10 million different spectrums i know we're yeah. not talking Which, about no no i imagine that's why even going back how you talk about people investing into themselves yeah man. into this whole because you got to make you know you, you got to make your money make money exactly 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 and and you know you you that's something you can't get around you know if i don't have money then shit i can't buy materials you know what i mean but you know it's not everything and also figuring that part out it's an art in itself or figuring yeah. out how can i you know, use these resources that I can get from a junkyard or, you know what I mean, someplace like that. That's, yeah. you know, that, that's being creative in itself. Going back to, uh, I just want to say, uh, my favorite track, which is Kevin is a huge Kanye fan, my cousin. Um, my favorite track by him, man, is um, Devil in a New Dress. Oh, yeah. man. And, yeah. and you know what? But it's Rick Ross's verse, yes. isn't it? <laughs> Bro. But but here's what got me. My bitch, I bet she give your ass a bone. And here and here's what get me is that my me and my cousin like we're close, right? But he's so he he's one of the main ones that introduced me to hip hop. Basically, it was kind of him, and he took me into wherever. But when he told me about this song, he was bullshitting. But I could see why he said it. I could see it actually happen. He was like, dude. Rick Ross verse it's, made me cry, bro. Man. <laughs> and then when he said that, I was... And I'm going to tell you, Rick Ross is a huge promoter for the culture of art. Like his... In, in like on, I think it was Mastermind. He had an artist do his cover art. Where the it's like he blew his brains out, and his brains is like all these different splatters of acrylic. It was it was sick, man. But he talk. I mean, he talks about that. He talks about going to Art Basel last year with Leo Cohen yeah. and spending like two fifty. Okay, I went to Art Basel, spent two fifty. You know what? It's funny because they they um, they were talking about that being just a lot more of a party culture where now people are like performing and having yeah you know, like events. And yeah, everything. yeah. I mean, that's just that was just going on. Or is it still going on right now? Our Basel. It Miami. was last. It was last weekend. Right? Last, yeah, week? last weekend. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't that long. Any yeah. day for night is this weekend, which is pretty cool. I haven't been, but the lights, the pictures I've seen, that looks like it's gonna be a good. Show. It's a pretty cool. I have never it's been, but if they say it's pretty artists, cool. Yeah. Solange, uh, St. Vincent, Nine Inch Nails. But just the whole culture, like even good. even Migos, them them naming the album culture, the collage for the for for the cover art on the cover of that album. Yeah, uh, artists did that collage. I mean, it's just and yeah, think about it. You know, art started booming back in the '80s in New York with Andy Warhol, Keith Haring, Julian Schnabel. Uh, John Michelle Basquiat and I mean they just they they painted Sister and they Ruida, don't yeah. forget about Sister um, and they uh, like the graffiti artists uh, Fab Five Freddy the street artists and stuff like that but after they would they would paint um, 
they would go party. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And they partying with the musician with the musicians and the athletes and stuff like that. I mean it was New York, but still, you know. I just think that's what makes fucking creativity fucking dope, man. Yeah. At the end of the day, shit, it's an artist, it's a rapper, it's a whatever it is you do as a creativity, you meet at the same place and it's one thing that's gonna relate all y'all. We all creative. Exactly, man. That's which what is all, fucking that's amazing. What um another one uh that was pretty dope, I just seen um I had never seen an interview with them or whatever, uh cause. He did uh, a yeah. one of uh, Kanye's yeah. uh, thing, and um, I think he I, did uh, my. Is it was it my beautiful black dark fantasy? Oh my my uh, my beautiful my twisted. my beautiful yeah. twisted dark. That fantasy. album was dope too though. But uh, yeah, he did the yeah. the whole you know, and Kanye was like reached out to him and was like, hey, uh, I would like for you to do this or whatever. And he did it, and dude, it's just fucking dope, man. Like yeah. you gonna know I mean like so many. Um, it's all different kind of realms, man. We and all everybody just respects each other's creativity. You yeah, get what I mean? Yeah. It just a like, beautiful dark twisted family. There good. you go. Fa- fantasy. 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 Y'all right, dog? Bro, like I always mess up this. I was like, hey, what's the name? It's just like ASAP Rocky's uh two uh album, or like his mixtape and his album. Like what's it called? I'm like live long Rocky, long live ASAP. Long live, I, I, long live ASAP. Yeah, like I always mess yeah. those up, man. They push the all culture too. ASAP Ferb used to be an artist, and he he uh he's best friends with one of my favorite artists out of Harlem, Jay West. Um, he he's man, he's his work is nice. But they went to high school together. Um, but he, I mean, he pushes the art culture too, man. So I mean, it's it's, I mean, we all artists. You know what I mean? If yeah. you creating, then you then you are artists. We all we we all artists in in, in some way. I just way. saw a penny, so there's an angel among us. There's a lot of right pennies now. around here, so I think there's yeah. angels yeah. all around here. I'm about to collect them things. Yeah. <laughs> See how we all combine. Let me let me uh let me ask you something really quick. Um. How has Houston responded to your art? Or how do you feel Houston is with the art culture right now, I should ask? Um, it's funny because you, you, you got to look at it like this. In my opinion, I think the art culture is just now starting to boom in Houston. Oh, I agree with you. I totally agree with you. Now, not to say that it hasn't been an art scene, but most of those artists were classical, traditional, older artists, you know, through the 90s and the early 2000s. But now you have... The younger artists in the city, like Donkey Boy, um, <laughs> shout out to Donkey Boy in the Donkey Show um, for show, sure. <laughs> uh, Ape Wonder Beer Brewery, um, and you have guys like Shreddy. Uh, you got guys pushing the culture like Robert Hodge, um, Tierney Malone. Um, you know, and and even um, like Anjabar Montoya, who's who's a world famous artist who uh, was groomed right here in Third Ward at Project Row House. Um, you know, so I think. Me being a new artist, um, as of like maybe three years ago, they've been really receptive because of the opportunity. Uh, you know, Donkey Boy, he creates these opportunities for us at 8th Wonder Beer Brewery to where we can display our art. HMAC gives us opportunities where we can use their venue and have installations. Uh, you know, they have the Burt Long Gallery there. They have the uh, Bacardi Artisan um, Artist of the Year uh, Gallery there. And, and these avenues give us a chance to display our work. But also, too, we're in the era of social media now. You know what I mean? So um, you can't you don't have to just use a, a gallery or a museum to display your work. So and, and people in the city they'll support you. You know what I mean? Just because of how big the city is, and you you ha- again we're talking about musicians, but we have some of the biggest musicians in music right here in the city with Slim Thug and We Groom Bun being Pimp C, um, you know Scarface and the Ghetto Boys, and mm-hmm. you know giving them a platform to where they can also to be a part of the art culture. It helps a lot too. So um, you know 
Houston is is my home. I'm just a Creole kid from Houston. I just dream of color. You know what I'm saying? That's just that's just how it is. So speaking about the social media thing, um, y'all are speaking to Slump Bentley right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what do y'all think about uh social media? As a uh, do y'all think it's helped? Do you think it helps, or do you think at time people could get too sucked up into what the social media thinks or says? Oh, well, it depends what you're talking about. I was right? gonna say I mean, it depends on what you're talking does about. Does it help uh, connect talking- people across the world? Yeah. Does it help uh, spread news fast, a yeah. lot faster? Right? Maybe have more of a powerful effect. Yeah, spread bullshit. Does it too, help? Bro. I was gonna say the third one. I was just about to. Leave. I was talking about this. Fucking slump Bentley, dog. This motherfucker slump Bentley. We need to create some shit about that slump Bentley. Yeah, dog. I just think that once you, if the ones with smaller followers, of, of course, don't deal with all the bullshit true language but once people start to make it they've got a lot of hate like there's a lot of people true say ugly things keep that shit in yeah it's it's the comment sections of of a lot of stuff i i mean there's some stuff that's funny as gold or whatever that may not be mean it's just random people being dumb but man there's so much sewage that that goes on that people will spew out i was talking to somebody about this the other day so i don't understand when people go on social media and they be like Oh Lord, I want to thank you for these blessings today. Yeah. Or uh, say that in your prayer. No, 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 no. You talk about. I don't think God is on social media. Exactly. No, no I agree <laughs> with you. I, 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 I totally agree with you. You know, and, and I think people, and also too, they get everybody gets sucked into every little thing that's on social media. So, okay, and, and let me add this disclaimer to it. I'm, I am totally against bullying. I, I am not with. I knew you were gonna go to that but, one. So let, let, let's do it because I wanted to. Yeah, the yeah. kid that was, you know, that was saying he got bullied, uh, and you know, his mom was posting that on social media. They started a GoFundMe account, and people paid yeah. money. You know what I mean? Yeah. But we got things going on overseas that are injustice to humans. You know what I mean? That that we don't even pay attention to. So I think social media can be a great tool, but I think also too it can be a uh, a poison to. Yeah. normal f- people's f- to the foundation of being a human being it's pretty much like a hammer you know a hammer can be something that can help you build something up yeah or it can help you destroy and it, people use that this blunt you know object for whatever they're going to desire and a lot of times especially going back to what y'all were talked about as far as success and having more followers and more people will just naturally come to hate you and it, it boggles me to still see that to this day because i always wonder like how are you going to invest so much of your time of hate into someone else. That just feels like a waste of time, man. Like, look, if they're doing the thing, then do the thing. Like, are they messing with your life? Exactly. If they are, if they are, hey, then go up, approach and do exactly. what you need to do. But if they aren't, like, leave them. Like, that's what my, one of my favorite things I tell people is uh, does it, uh, whenever they tell me about, a, like, a really crazy issue, right? Uh-huh. I'm like, okay, well, does it affect my rent? Like, straight up, like, does it, you know what I mean? Like, does it affect my rent? That bottom like, line. Oh, yeah, they're talking about how, you know, they're doing this and this. I'm like, well, does it affect my rent? And and I'll say that for every single thing, right? There's there's gonna be issues of of, uh, of violence and, and you know crimes against humanity, things like right, that right, right. that I care about. But there's times where people will be like, well, yeah, this so yeah, so and so saying that so and so you know just when it's like about God, right, right, right. It's like right, oh yeah, so and so saying something about so and so. There's just times I'm just looking. I'm like, okay, That's does that affect my rent? Like, no. Then it's like, then I don't care. Exactly. You know, exactly. Exactly. There's a little bit of a difference between Facebook and Instagram ish because you just find a lot more. Here goes my F, stories. my other F. Fuck yeah. Facebook. Uh, <laughs> I have that on my vision board. Facebook. No offense, Facebookers. 
But uh, <laughs> no, I, I just telling your life to the world and get a part life. part of this whole thing. That shit ain't real life, I, though. I, I guess I, I should I should speak on it to why I brought that up. There was just some conversation I had in my workplace, and it was just that led to the whole. Uh, I just feel like some people uh, with the whole social media has created a whole different identity who to who some people are in real life. So I feel like some people feel followers makes you a fucking celebrity. A stardom or something when I see you, but in reality, motherfucker, like no, like yeah. you get what I mean. It's, it's not, you know. I don't know. This is like remember, y'all are speaking a slump Bentley, so this is what's like been going on like in my mind. So it's like it's shit. That shit there, and it just keeps on. It, it, it's it's fucking weird, dude. It's just it's fucking crazy. It, it it it's fucking crazy. The society. But everybody. The thing is, everybody wants to feel a part of something. And that's a you see, and you that's something that yeah. When that's I was a, having this conversation, somebody yeah, else said that. Everybody, so, yeah. everybody wants to be a part of something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. What I'm saying? I, man, and I was just talking to my wife about that too. I was like, people, even when we were talking about like, why do people like to to put out their own bullshit, their own drama going on yeah. in life? Like, why do they want to spill the guts? I'm like, because people want to feel like they belong, or people exactly. want to feel like. They're making some. They had no friends when they was they, little. People, there's people that just love the drama <laughs> yeah. because they just want to feel like they're a part of something bigger. Yeah. You know, even yeah. if it's as simple as I get into some stuff so I can at least just talk to y'all about it, or you know, it's, it's almost like some people can't think, function in their life without drama. Yeah, and think about the good, the equivalent. If you flip it, the good version is if something crazy or something funny happens to you, and you want to share that story to make people laugh. Yeah. yeah. So then you flip it around. With, it could be an oxymoron. Where it's like you want to get, you want to gain empathy, but or you want to gain like someone else's. Anger, you want to gain whatever else you want, you, you're garnering this attention, right? Uh, on yourself by saying, Oh man, this is crazy because that always bothered so, me. Because, but I, sometimes telling a story like that can also help people see another perception of reality, yeah. So sometimes you absorb that to be a good storyteller to help people, then you're a mirror to them, like, yeah. talking about something else, not. Like being ugly or negative or or mad at them. For yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. sending a reflection of something you dealt with that can maybe help yeah. them see that they probably are spending. Now, don't get me wrong. Social media has been yeah, it's, it's been great for me, especially. I would say my art career, but that's the thing. That's what I use it for. I use it for that platform, for that avenue. You know what I mean? It's to it's to promote my business, but also too with my art being what it is, to where it kind of gives you a introspective outlook on who I am inside and things like that. It it can it can still become personal. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it, it it walks a it walks a fine line. But again, like I said, I ain't knocking social media because it, it has helped. Oh, of course. I, 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 yeah. I, I, this comes from the whole bullying thing. No, you I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah and yeah, it yeah. also comes from just you know thinking. You know, I'm like sometimes I see things and I'm like. This is just, it seems so fake, you yeah. know, it just, it, it becomes, I mean, and I think I even saw a, a interview, oh, yeah, today I saw an interview of Kevin Hart where he was saying that somebody, one of his, I forgot his name, but he's big on Instagram where he was like, you're doing it for the likes, you yeah. know, you're not yeah. even doing, you're forgetting about everything else, but that's, you're, that's you're remembering the, the, the likes. Yeah, he say, hey, you're forgetting the friendship. And then, you know, yeah. doing it for the likes. So I was like, damn, it's become an actual fucking thing to like, yeah, you know, fuck it. So I, was just, I don't know. It, it, it was yeah. it was crazy. Think about it. But even then, if I, I if, if I'm going to be honest with you, if I were to do some shit where my shit would hit like a million. You would do it? You would be doing no, it? No, 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 wait, 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 wait
Fuck the comments. I'm turning them off. I couldn't deal with them. Blocking. <laughs> oh, block everything. <laughs> think about this, though. But think about this. So, let's say tomorrow something happens and all the social media shuts down for a day. Thank what, God. What do you think? For 24 hours, what do you think will happen? You know what's crazy, bro? I'm having deja vu right now and it's fucking weird. You the weird part about that is too. some people wouldn't make a living because that's how some people make a living. Oh yeah, so it would, it, right? it, 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 huh? You could do something as simple as marketing, or you know, or yeah. you could do something as far yeah. as it's probably that, whatever you do. You, you it's people that have TV shows on Facebook well, and Instagram. You pick up your Instagram game. Didn't didn't uh ballers um ballers uh what's what big baller brand or whatever? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what that show is on. He brought his show on Facebook. Lavar Ball. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what that's what that show is on. Yeah, and that's a good point. See, so that's. And that's the good part about it because it's a self-advertisement where you don't need to go around, you know, trying to solicit help from big businesses or even people who feel like they don't have time for you and be picky. Now, you, you can turn around and say, hey, I got the hustle and grind. Instead of doing a door to door, now you can do where you can upload something onto social media and you can, it can spread like wildfire. So that's right. kind of the beauty. And then the, going back even with the stories where... Yeah, I talk about the bad in where there's people that are real messy, but or start the drama. But there's a good in maybe sharing some story, even if something that hurts you, you share that. Yeah. Maybe just to feel like maybe if there's someone out there, I can affect like your art. Yeah. But then then maybe I do my part as well, and they can share and bond. So and the crazy that's part kind is of the crazy swim that I always see with social media. My that's my love hate. Uh, I love to see like some of the, some great things happen. And I love to see, you know, even if it's something bad, but, you know, but we spread it out. We're, we're making ourselves aware. Right. But I do hate to see the people who go on there pr pretty much to poison, the trolls, oh, yeah, right? Man. They're just trying to poison. Well, here, here, here's yeah. another thing oh. that caught me, um, that kind of got me thinking on the whole thing is uh, uh, I'm a barber, right? So I started cutting hair or whatever, whatever. Uh -huh. like, where we're at now with uh, technology and everything is that I feel <clears throat> at the end of the day, barbering is creativity. So the the whole main thing here is creativity. I feel if a new barber coming up is like, hey, today I want to be a barber. If he goes to social media and sees all them fucking haircuts, he's gonna be like, man, fuck that. I can't be like that, man. <laughs> that can that can make him feel yeah, like, damn, that's like true. I can't be like this. It's, it's How do you think as an artist? But I, it's I didn't have an Instagram until February. And that's no, my, I know, I my, know, my, I know. Yeah, 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 no, because you, I, I know when you requested me, I was like, my, yeah, yeah, I didn't even know you didn't have one. Exactly, my yeah. manager made me do that. Like she, she was like, you gotta do this. And as soon as I did it, instantly, you know, I got more recognition. But also, too, you know how many artists it is out there in the world? Oh mm -hmm. yeah, like I mean, there's oh, yeah. millions. And but the, also, too, the the good thing about it is you can reach out and you can touch so many different people. Yes, yeah. you can yeah. you can communicate with so many different people. You can. Uh, relate, bounce ideas off, share each other's story, things like that. Um, Man, I can't tell you how many times in the park, like I, like reached out to people. Just hey, come, you get what I mean? Like it, it's powerful, man. I, I, I hit you on Instagram. Yeah. I changed phones, and that's how I got. That's how I got in touch with you. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I, of course, we already knew each other, you know. Of course, but, of course. But even then, it, it was through social media, you yeah. know. So yeah. I agree. I just, man, that's what like. It bothers me, man. It's like I, you could knock somebody's creativity off of what a person sees on, you know, social media. It's like somebody could that pour their whole soul into something, could post it on social media and only get three likes, and that could actually bother them and to you, stop yeah. it forever. It's happened. It's yeah. happened to me. So no, no, no. <laughs> hey, hey. It's happened it to me. My favorite. It happens to me, me too. My favorite. I'm like. 
Man, I put an ugly picture of myself up and I get 40 likes and piece <laughs> that I threw my heart and soul and energy into. Yeah, she gets mad at me when I'm I like get, a He's heard me five. And I'm like, oh, that means keep going. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're people, right. It's, you know, it's, it's people, tough. Sometimes it, people don't like things that make you dive into emotion, which is why we're artists, to help people... I think the mind of a creative though yeah. is different. It's very different though too. So <coughs> I, 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 like what you just said. We, yeah, heck yeah. I got a journal full of full of thoughts <coughs> that I just write down. Like any thought that I have, like at any given moment, I just write that thought down. You know what, man? I'm I. You know what? 2018. I want to make it my <coughs> my goal to carry a journal with me. Man, I, I I haven't done it. And a vision board. And, and even, I've thought about doing it, and I just I don't. But listen, even if, but I like, do keep them here. Yeah. But it's still. But you can always go back to that moment. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you'll read that and be like, damn, well, I wonder what I was thinking then. Or sometimes I'll be like, man, I was like, when I wrote that yeah. down. Because you know sometimes a creativity idea comes from, like, the emotion you're feeling, Hell right? Yeah. So, like you said, going back to that and being able to read, hey, I was feeling this, this, and this. Like, oh, for two fuck, years, I remember bro, that. For two years, I didn't paint anything. I wrote down every piece that I had in my head in detail. And two years later, I was able to go back to those words and create that piece because of everything that I had written down. Mm -hmm. Now, it, it could be up here, but the thing is, you got so much shit going on, you know, throughout the day, throughout a year or whatever, to where you're not going to remember all that shit. I was going to say, sometimes you're just inspired randomly out of nowhere. And I used to carry a little notebook yeah. in my pocket, and uh, I had just moved... Um, not too too long ago and I was just going we were going through a lot of stuff like hey is this you know trash whatever and then I saw I had I always I have an obsession with like notebooks and just composition books especially and I just and so I had a bunch that were all incomplete but I had scribbled it all, all kinds of things. It's cool to look back to be and like, man, where was I art. this year? You know, and I was like, okay, yeah. one minute I'm talking about like fantasy football. I got a whole thing. See? And then the next one I got where I was writing, I was making a comic book. And then another one I was getting was ideas for a all? sketch show. Yeah, and I was kind of like. And you could give those to your kids. Yeah, and that's, so that's, and that's a good point, man. You get something to pass <laughs> down. And I was just tripping out about that. I was like, that's funny. I was like, that's right. Because I was going to do, oh yeah, that's right. Or yeah, whatever. Man. Even like, like I said, one of the things I do randomly would be like a sketch or commercial or something. I just write an idea of it down just because I'm like something that made me laugh by myself, like an insane person in my car. So yeah, if y'all yeah. see me driving, I'm like cracking up. My bad. <laughs> you know, like because I'm uh, like y'all, like I think all the time, man. And so every now and then I just like to write it down. Or yeah, you know, man. If I don't have that now, you know, shout out to phones and notes on there. You know, so uh, I hurry up. And what is it? iCloud or whatever. Yeah, and this one's like Samsung Note, this cloud, whatever. So you just speaking. I want to say something to you though, Lamar, really quick, man. Right. Um, earlier in the interview, we said you said something which he just is. What do you want to leave? Basically, your art is what you're leaving to your kids. I guess I never really thought about it, and I do because sometimes I'm like, my big thing is I want to leave a legacy for my kids. Yeah, man. And right, I but but I just realized that maybe. I am. I haven't realized that I'm already leaving it. Exactly. Um, so for me, it's like I keep thinking, man, I need to build this big ass thing of what I need to do for them to see. But I think I, I've already realized it, and it's cool, man. I, I'm a. We'll talk about it more, but I, I just realized right now, man, that I already did that through my voice right now. You know, exactly. doing these interviews. Exactly, and that's the thing. Even the brand that you created, Boys in the Barrio, that's yeah. your brand that you can leave with your kids. Your yeah. kids with technology today. When your kids get older, they can Google that. Yeah, they can they can look back at it. And they can see that that's something that you created. Yeah, no one can take that from you. Yeah. It's it's a saying. Um, 
in one of my favorite movies uh, by Russell Crowe, uh, Gladiator. He says, what we do, uh, what we do here on earth will echo in eternity. So the thing is, for me, just in being blunt, being honest, I'm not going to be able to leave my kids a million dollars. Not tangible to where they're, you know, I'm, I might be able to leave them, a, you know, something nice where they'll be comfortable, but I'm not going to be able to leave them a million dollars. But what I can do is I can leave them something that they, I can leave them a piece of my mind through my journal entries. I can, I can let them, I can give them a glimpse into who I was at this age through my work. Um, and also too, just by touching other people, because those people, when you're gone, those are the people that are going to tell stories about you. True. You want those stories to be true and you want them to be positive. Correct. Yeah. So those things are what I leave for my kids because, you know, think about it. You know, if a, a loved one passes away, like a, like a grandparent or a, a, an uncle or just, just anyone in general, when you guys stand around and sit around and you talk about that person, you tell stories of that person that you mm -hmm. remembered. So my kids will be able to see. They'll be able to look up my legacy. They'll be able to be proud of what I left for them. So... Um, and honestly, the crazy part is I didn't start thinking like that until I was like maybe 30, you know, before it was just like, oh, well, man, I gotta, I gotta put something in a college fund, which is, which is, which is great. Yeah. But again, everybody, you can't leave, you, everything is not monetary, you know? And then also too, I try to educate my kids about art. When an artist passes away, his original art, the value of it is skyrockets. So now... Even if you even if you buy your your, your child um, a piece of art, that value it sticks with them. It's like buying a stock or a bond. So they'll be able to keep that, and they can sell it if they need revenue. You know what I mean? They always have value. They always have something that you know they can they can use as collateral. And then you teach them. You know, it goes further and deeper into you know how you live your life and you invest and things like that to be comfortable. So. Yeah, man, it's pretty crazy. Um, it's crazy. Through, through this, I was able to realize something. So appreciate you, Lamar. I mean, hey, like, hey, that's why we we, we made this interview happen, <laughs> yeah, man. You no came with a purpose. You get what I mean? The man came with a purpose today. Yeah, man. He so, came with no jokes, man. He came to, he came to be serious about this. But yeah, because, you know, every time y'all see me, I'll be drunk. Or I'll be, <laughs> we, uh, hey, I'll you be, be drunk. Be Who high. the fuck are you telling <laughs> <that>? <laughs> <laughs> we over here slurring and dude, my brother, my brother was lit. No, he was lit. Yeah. Oh, man. No, he and they were the joke. And then we got heavy into the No, you and him was you and him was talking about. We got heavy into it. No, but then y'all were debating. No, and then and then my cousin. I, no, I loved it, man. I enjoyed it because I was like, okay, he's spinning. But his then thing, my cousin, right? I was like, damn, that's crazy. Like, but then my cousin, fun, remember man. Thomas too was there. Oh, Thomas. Oh, he, he yeah. gets led too. Oh, he Thomas. Gets led. And then he, and then he, uh, he like walked up to the side and he was like, hey man, you want to hit this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he, 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 he's ex-military, you know, so he's all yeah. about that, you know, that like boy bad luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you know, it was yeah. especially when you already got people like already, you know, hitting the shit and then drinking. Right, right, like, right, you right, know, right, it's right. gonna be a long ass conversation, a long ass <laughs> night. So, dude, when I listen to him, I'm like, dude, the slur is just like, yeah. oh man. And then look, you always get on because I always got on shades. You know what I'm saying? But you know why? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Mm. But yeah, man, um, I really appreciate the fact that who you are, man. Like I said, I keep saying it's not a twist. You know. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. Open that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you, sir. My bottle well, open duty. <clears throat> I really appreciate the fact the type of artist you are, man. Like I said, um, when I met you, you were just very humble and very open, just to talk, and I think that's pretty dope. That's what I do it for, though, man. I do, you know, to to 
to show something different, you know, from being the the kid of a professional athlete to being a professional athlete to, um, you know, working in corporate America. All these walks of life are something that somebody else has done. You know what I mean? I'm not the only person that have been through those things. You know what I mean? So being able to look deeper just into the world, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I give a lot of credit to my parents because they allow me to look further than, you know, what the glitz and the glamours were of having a lot of money because, you know, again, that shit can be taken away. You know what I'm saying? So you got to look into being a good person or how to treat people or, you know what I mean? And, and just also too believing in who you are as a person, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you're, you cool if you cool with yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, that's just how it is. You know, you know, it's people out there that be like, oh, I'm a dork or whatever. Okay, if you cool with being a dork, then shit, that's cool. You know what's fucking crazy? That um, being a dork now is kind of is kind of in is style because cool. the glasses and it the whole. Cool. Hey, look, I always say this, and I always joke with my boys and, and my lady. I say I created the hipster, the modern day hipster. I created that because before. All this shit they turned to be not cool. I was doing the not cool shit first. You know, so I was in the video games, comic books. Like, I wanted, I, you know, I see 2020, but I always wanted to rock glasses. Oh, right. So I would wear faux glasses and stuff like that. I I, would, I even wore a fedora even before that shit, like, somehow came back and then got really geeky. I was doing all this shit before, and I was just like, man, like, just phases. Poor dude so didn't get no credit people, for it. Man. I was telling people, I was like, I create, every time I see like this super douchey hipster, I'll just look at you and be like, I created you. And he's like, what? Like, nothing. But I, yeah, I created that fool. Um, you had asked me how I got my name. So, my, um, my name is, uh, Lamont French. So, Lamont is my actual middle name. And then French comes from my heritage. With my grandmother was Creole; she was French, so that's how I got Lamont French. Dang, that's pretty dope. Yeah, yeah. that is really dope. Man. Now, if you ask me, where the fuck my parents got Bentley? <laughs> they saw the car. Uh, no, the car was right? Adonai Flores. That's not a bad name. It's not a bad name, but oh, when man, you that's ask, a good me. name. I got kid folk with Bentley. I just like the way it sounds. It's not even heritage. Bentley. I don't even know what the fuck it is. So that's your real name, Bentley. Yeah, that's my name. Sure. Yeah, my license and everything, Bentley man. Ferrara Rodriguez. Yeah. <laughs> I've thought about uh, if I have a boy, my first boy, Bentley Rolls Royce Flores. It comes. <laughs> and then you can have a girl <laughs> named Mercedes. Don't do it like that. 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 Yeah, you can have a you can have a girl named Alexis. Bentley GT Flores. <laughs> <laughs> if you have a girl, you got to name her Porsche. 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 Name a daughter Alexis. <laughs> gotta give her high class, man. Come on now. Uh, Alexis is Ale- still high there. Lexus, right? Lexus, Lexus are nice cars. It's a high top there, top there, top there. It's a it's a sexier Toyota. Bose system. That's all we need. Yeah. I always tell look at my dad. Like, did you even know about the car? He's like, Nah, I didn't. I just. <laughs> well, the, when he came That's from creative, then. Well, you know, when he came from his country, which is El Salvador. A, a white guy named Bentley helped him get on his feet. Oh. So it was like my next boy, man. And he was like, I'm going to name but him. Listen, that's kind of cool. Bam, right check yeah. this out. Okay, so my art, what you, what you see, I know what you're going to see. But there's always an underlying meaning that's totally different from what you see. When somebody hears your name, they're going to think, first of all, the car. But then when they actually ask you, how'd you get your name? Something totally different. Yeah, and th- damn. 
that boy spitting bars today. <laughs> nah, and, and that's really what that's, it is. Man, so that's, that's cool pretty, as hell. That's, that's a dope real. ass story. Yeah, and that's pretty much. I mean, uh, so a few people know, it, and I think I've said it in the podcast a few Damn, times. But, every, but everybody jumps. But everybody jumps to like, Dan, did your dad know about the car? And I'm like. No, not at all. Because when they say that, and then you tell that story, they're gonna feel like shit. They feel like shit. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I think they so. have to immediately after. Yeah. They, they have like, to be your friend. Bad. They gotta be your friend. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always yeah. Yeah. buy your beer. Free drink. Like, 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 really? What about your beer? And you can get free drinks like that all the time. Wait, 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 if your name is whatever it is, you should look deeper into it. So let's say your name is Antonio or Marcelo or whatever it may be, then learn some opera. You know, be able to voice, <laughs> channel that through your name. You know what? I guess I could do that too because my name is Jamal. And, uh, <laughs> what, what I found out Jamal. not that long ago that uh, Jamal was actually. Uh, I was like, hey, I was like, ask my mom and dad. Ask my mom, like, how'd y'all name me? They're like, oh, because we like Malcolm Jamal Warner, and that was it. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, okay. She's like, oh, I heard the name Jamal. And it was nice, so the name Jamal. I was like. That's tight. You that's, know? How, that's how that happened, huh? <laughs> I was gonna say, I was like, I was gonna tell. Her, I was like, so I could look into Malcolm Jamal Warner's work a lot more often, Meg. But uh, yeah, you know what? That's why I laugh with Bentley because he tells me he told me that story too, and I was like, man, that's deep. And I told him my story, and I was just like, and so that's how I'm named. <laughs> <laughs> Feel like shit. <laughs> yeah, Ain't man. no wrong with that, man. Ain't no wrong with that. No, so let me ask you something, man. Uh, there's more on. Uh, on a more athlete side question, uh, um, where do you think? Do you think players are getting smarter now? Where they're, uh, for example, we got the Ball family now, who has uh, said "fuck everybody," we're gonna create our own shit. Right. Yes. Do you think the NFL uh, at some time takes advantage of their players? Oh, definitely. That's and that's not gonna change because as long as you cutting them paychecks, they are gonna keep playing. So, you know, it's unfortunate, but the thing is you have to understand when you're paying a guy $6 million, right, to take care of his family. He comes from nothing, like nothing, like literally nothing. And you pay him $6 million to take care of his family. You damn near, it's a shame, but you can say whatever you want to him. Why? Because on Sunday he's going to keep playing. Why? Because he's going to get that check and he's going to keep taking care of his family. Yeah, it's hard. To, it's hard to you know. It's funny when people want to come from their high horse to say, "Well, maybe he shouldn't be doing that," you know. And they're talking out of a, a pure place of privilege. They never been that desperate exactly. or struggling. Yeah, exactly. So imagine and you're not in that person's reason, shoes. And that's the thing. If you if you go from okay, yeah, if you making sixteen hundred dollars every two weeks, and every single week a guy is getting two hundred and eighty thousand dollars every Tuesday, you get paid every Tuesday in the NFL. Like I said, you go from making sixteen hundred dollars every other week to, and or some, and compared to somebody making two hundred eighty thousand dollars every Tuesday. So, if a motherfucker tell you "fuck you," and he gonna pay you two hundred eighty thousand dollars still on Tuesday, are you are you gonna sit up? Exactly. <laughs> Don't throw in the thumbs up and exactly. smile. Give me the ball, coach, <laughs> and we can sit up and we can talk about principles and morals yeah. and all of that. But I'm gonna sit up and talk about it from a realistic standpoint. Yeah. So back to your your question, just to stay on path. Is the NFL taking advantage of his players? Yes, but also, too, these players have to take advantage of the NFL and their opportunity, in which I think that they are. It sucks because you do have to eat crow. You are you are a piece of meat. That's, that is, that is it, it sucks. You know what's crazy that you say that? Um, uh, Hopkins, 
DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Went on a podcast recently with uh, a Ar- Ar- Arian uh, Foster. Arian Foster created his own podcast. Okay. That yeah. makes sense. He's been a good talker. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, um, so anyways, he went on there and he start, they started talking about the whole thing where uh, the owner said, you can't let the, the prisoners the run, the prison. run, run, yeah. run the prison or whatever. And you, you could tell it bothered DeAndre Hopkins from the he comment. And he said, yeah, and he he said hey, yeah, yeah, and he said, uh, I, you know, he still said it like, hey, I kind of felt like, you know, if he was talking between this group, he would have been blunt and be like, man, fuck that. You know, but <laughs> he kind of still was, but whatever. Yeah. But it's just exactly what you said. Yeah. He's Actually, still playing know, every single movie. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know exactly. Saw, man. And it's like, in, in, in some guys, yeah, you are passionate about it, but also, too, you're passionate about taking care of your family. Yeah, but sometimes you know they still cut against it. I mean, they had a Halloween party, showed Javion Clowney wearing a prison jumpsuit. It was kind of like their way of yeah, being like, "Hey, go course. fuck yourself," without having to literally go up to him, middle fingers blazing, exactly, and go, you exactly. know, go fuck. I'm yourself. dressing as a prison. I'm still getting my millions, motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But he, so who was the, who was the guy um, that they made him uh, sell his basketball team? What was his name? The owner of the Clippers. Oh, Donald Sterling. <laughs> yeah, Donald Sterling, right? Now, uh, this is my thing. I, I feel like I feel like they were wrong for making him sell his team because he, what he said was in the privacy of his own home. Right. You know what I mean? He he did that. And I'm going to tell you how fucked up America is in, in, in a minute. Uh, I'll get back to that point. But whatever he said, it was, it was between him and the person he had a personal relationship inside of his home. He didn't say that in the media. He didn't say that to his players. Now, what he said, yeah, it was fucked up. It was, you know what I mean? But, yeah. you know, you can say what you want. I, I know I done said some bullshit in, in my Poor, own, yeah, in, in, yeah, in my yeah. crib. So, but the thing is, what's fucked up, though, is nobody in America not one time said anything about him talking to his mistress and his wife knowing that he had a mistress. Oh, Yeah. They, they, um, actually, and her defending him for saying what he said to his mistress. No one said anything she, about she's that. She's got a lot of money too with that. You know, she's tied up in a lot of his business ventures. So of course, so she's still. But what I'm talking about is a mo- is a moral code. No one talking about the, like the more they 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 just turn an eye to that that he has a side piece. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he had and his wife knows about it. Which is gross because you see how the way he looks. Oh yeah. yeah, he's an old man. He looks like a wrinkled. And that lets you know why she would like a wrinkled <laughs> plum. Yeah, and I feel bad, but she she already came out and she messed up. She's like, he's my right hand foot, my right hand <laughs> arm, or she said something like that. And I was my right like, hand plum. Like he's my right hand arm, oh. and I was just like, oh no. Oh man. Called him a bunny and stuff. I mean, she clearly did that to expose him. You know, hell hath no fury. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like a woman exactly. scorned. Exactly. And even though what he said, what he said in private, you're right. He has every right to say what he wants. So obviously it wasn't a legal thing, but the reality, unfortunately, is that something leaks out, even though you can say, hey, he can say whatever he wants, just like Hulk Hogan. You know, he can do whatever he wants in the privacy of wherever he's at. But when it leaks out, it's just, it's all about that money, man. And what they saw was players that were pissed about that. And then they saw that their bottom, the only thing that mattered to them was the bottom line. That's it. And if he affects the business. That's it. Then you need to go. It don't, and that's and that's the end of the exactly. day. It's all about the green. Exactly. So let me ask you one more question, and this is my last question about football. You played running back, right? Uh huh. Okay, let me ask you something, man. Running backs are the most tortured players in the game of football. Thirty-year-old retirement, if they're lucky. Okay, so here's my question. First of all, running backs need to start a union, right? <laughs> just, so, just running backs. Only. Yes, just running backs, yeah. because. At what point, I feel like at times, running backs are not paid for what they're really, 
You get what I'm saying? For what they're put through. Absolutely. Some, some, sometimes, some of them are not. Some of them are not. Um, and some of them are. Adrian Peterson gets a nice penny. And he's worth every penny. Well, he doesn't. He doesn't get what he used to get. But yeah. you know what I mean. But they're not. But, but then I feel Adrian Peterson had to work too. for it, though. I feel Adrian had to like after that ACL. To, but like he, he st- came back and just he was still getting paid. Even then, he was yeah, getting true, paid. True, and true. then like Arian Foster got paid. You know, yeah, back true. in the day, Emmitt Smith. Emmitt Smith got paid. Emmitt Smith yeah. wanted to be the highest paid running back in the league, and he held out. Literally, like you got these guys that sit up and they won't sit out a game. He set out for three games. Yeah, and he got Jerry Jones paid him. So, but then you got guys like, uh, I don't know if you remember, uh, Priest Holmes. Oh, yeah, Chiefs, man. Only make like a minimal amount, and they, they keep telling them we'll, we'll prove it. Um, or uh, who, who's a running back that gets this? That I think and I guess I, I'm not speaking because a lot of people that don't understand the game of football, pe- people would jump to, oh, the running back just runs the ball, or the uh, or sometimes he's not even doing shit the whole game. <laughs> people don't <laughs> realize that. that? The, no, there's people that don't know the man, game of football. That's why I, this is why time, this is why I don't like, like to talk like about. It's like this. Let me like let me explain. The game what of football like is is is, is like such like well you have to understand it. So the running back. So, for example, when you go to a pass play and you have a running back, who the fuck you think is block chopping the motherfucker next to him? Exactly. It's the fucking running back. Blitzes. Who the fuck is picking up the blitz? Even who when you don't you have the ball, you got to carry passes. out a fake. You're going to get hit anyway. Yeah. So, the running back is just tortured the other fucking Think back. about this. So, if you go jogging, right? So, let's say if, 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 you, if you go jogging and let's say you jog for five miles okay. at a certain pace, right? Okay. And then you run up on a guy, and he's like, oh, man, great job. And he's just tapping on you, slapping on you, slapping on you, slapping on you. You're dog shit tired. You can barely breathe or whatever. It, how do you think you'll feel? I get. Yeah. I played football, so I know you get wired up. You, you like, you, you, But also, too, you're dog shit tired. And somebody's yeah. still pulling on you. Getting beat up still on Still dragging yeah. on you. You know what I mean? You get even more exhausted. But you got to keep going at that same pace. That's what it's like being a running back. And you, think about it. They get guaranteed touches. So there's people that are receivers. They may not get targets, but they're guaranteed to hold the ball. Yeah. And a receiver can run a route and not catch the ball and not get touched. He can jog a route. He yeah. can take a playoff. I would say probably the, the two most brutal positions is offense and defensive line and running back. Yeah. Those are two of the most brutal positions because you're taking contact them every, every single, single time. play. Yeah. Every single play. Unless you blow it up, and you so that's all I was saying. I just, I just feel but like then, you run at full speed and you hit someone at the end, exactly. maybe you know what I'm saying. So that's exactly. good. Point. But who are the heroes? The QBs and the wide receivers, the, the pretty boys, the yeah. divas. Yeah, so. yeah absolutely. Yeah, you gotta have a so dimple like on your chin like and, and blonde hair, uh, ear length. <laughs> you know what? And the quarterback issue is fascinating to me because up to this day, there's still a the black quarterback issue. You know, as oh, far yeah. as whether they're yeah, intelligent yeah. enough or coded words, they use the same. They're athletic, and then they do, they do it to the white athletes now too. Where yeah. a white receiver is all of a sudden like, oh, well, he's just a smart thinker. He's exactly. frisky. You know, they don't yeah. think of like a guy yeah. who's like actually that dude's fast. Like as Christian. McCaffrey. I think it was Vince so Young who like kinda, failed the fucking uh, IQ the, the test by like fucking the Wonder League. He got a seven on the Wonder League. A lot test. of you know a lot of quarterbacks didn't score that. <laughs> and Vince is and Vince is probably I know I know Vince. Vince is like one of the most competitive. He's a winner. You can say with him and Tim Tebow. You can say whatever you want to say about their skills. Whatever they win games. Yeah. You know what's crazy? I seen him at. Uh, I was leaving to LA and I seen Vince Young. He was in the same flight. I'm always in a flight with somebody. It's weird. I seen a uh, Lynch. Oh know. really? Yeah, Marshall Lynch. Uh, yeah, he was. Uh, he showed up late, and then he was. Like, he was like <laughs> one of the last ones, and then he was just. He was just like, 
he's go to it, right? But I wasn't gonna be like, hey, picture whatever. But yeah. it was just cool to know. Yeah, man, he's short yeah, dude, yeah. man. Like he's yeah. short, and usually running backs are kind of like yeah, short. Yeah. But I ain't that tall. Vince Young is tall as fuck, <laughs> yeah, though, man. I yeah. was like, damn, this is a big. You know who's dude. big? Cam Newton. Oh yeah, yeah. He's yeah. man. He's huge, man. He's what? like six six. He's on the he's on the he's on the six 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 seven side, not the six 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 five. He's on the six 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 seven yeah. side, and he's I mean he's like two sixty five and he runs like a deer. Like him and LeBron are like just <laughs> freakish, amazing athletes, like specimens, yeah. man. Yeah, that's, big, that's can, yeah. and they're like and they're cock diesel, man. These dudes are walk like two fifty plus, but they're so agile yeah, and they're man. faster than you. They're that's, just better. I, I when I, I used to work out at this place called Sportsplex, and. uh and this guy, Danny Ardo, he used to have all these different pictures up on the wall. And, like, he would talk about each player. And he got to, I don't know if you guys remember, Julius Peppers. Oh, yeah, yeah man. Still playing. Exactly. So he was describing every player. And he'd be like, yeah, he's fast. And, yeah, he, he has good feet. And then he got to Julius Peppers. He was like, oh, JP, that's just God showing off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. he's one of the most athletic oh, uh, man. players in his position, man. I mean. Surefire Hall of Famer. Yeah, he's playing with uh, Green Bay right now, right? No, he's back in Carolina. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he went back this Carolina. year to Carolina. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. He yeah. was he's like 30, He's like 34 years old. Yeah, he, he the was. The one that lasted for a while, playing. I don't know if he's still playing, but it's uh, Pac-Man Jones. Pac-Man's still playing? He's still he's playing, still right? Uh, that's Pac-Man's one of the playing? best. Like, yeah. And he's playing corner, too. Corner, which is like a position where you got to keep up with Terrence Newman's still playing. Yes. He's been in the league for a minute. But Devin Hester retired. He played corner, but of course he was... You know, badass returning. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. just retired. A lot of those guys, but the lot is amazing. Um, shit, Frank Gore, running back. Yeah, this dude's it's, like yeah. four thousand years old. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Deion Sanders that played for a long time. That fool had thirty six carries in the snow. Like that's a game when you're looking at it is a blizzard, and they're and like, he's a running back. Ain't throwing <laughs> running back. Thirty six carries, man. Yeah. Like the man, he's the only he's the only motherfucker that got hit on the team. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, all right, and he and he, he only that. had four days. Of rest yeah, instead of the yeah. seven days he's he played on Sunday his ass is playing tonight as we speak the dude's a machine you know yeah. thirty four is, is he still with Indianapolis he's he is thirty four years old and he's uh, the fifth all time leading rusher, rusher yeah, yeah. in NFL history yeah. but yeah anyway I just think running backs should get paid a bit more yeah. and like you said hey, some you. of them do I have a question after listening to all this football talk would you say physical or mental capabilities yes there's both but i think they go hand in hand as far as gods goddesses so i think some have a little more mental you know capacity and some have more physical we're talking about different positions and that it's kind all, of it's all, yeah. it's all mental it's all well, I'll tell you what. I play football. I probably he probably doesn't even know, but I actually, thankfully, I was able to make uh, all team uh-huh. cer- certain years. My junior year and my where'd you go to school? Senior Austin High School. Oh, we're four A. Yeah, you were four B. Yeah, so it was a bit for Austin right here. So you know we played, yeah. but oh, you went it, to this Austin? Yes. Okay. Okay. So yeah, smaller just You know, it wasn't, but we played Yates though. But even yeah. mm-hmm. motherfucker mm-hmm. talented. <laughs> <laughs> the point I want to make is I think it's more of a it's a mental you have to adjust to your mental so for example me I knew I wasn't a big dude I was not going to go heads up with a running back like this man right here right. so what did I do I picked up in what I was always taught since I was younger uh, how do you break down a tree from the bottom yep. it's a chop yep. so I just <laughs> I became the Cam Newton 
Which is yeah. we were talking about that last time. I got a, hey, Cam, Cam, Cam Newton. If I was a corner, down, ACL baby. Oh, man. <laughs> we aiming for the ACL. That's, that's what I was going to say. Cam is illegal. He's a good <laughs> nature though, man. Huh? Him and Big him and Big Ben, those dudes are just yeah. like. But yeah. Big Ben Mal- is is more of a stable one. Cam Newton ACL because he moves too much. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that's yeah. so. It was my mental thing. I was like, okay, I know but I see, can't I- go to heads up with these guys. Let me adjust to where yeah. you know I think I would used to make people it's think I'm going heads up. But- it's all mental. I, I got a little cousin right now. He goes to Foster High School. He plays running back. Uh, he's a sophomore. Um, Mario Simmons. And I t- and I tell him by any chance is he related to Charles Sims? No, his last name is Simmons. Oh, Simmons. Simmons. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um. And I tell him right now. I say. I, I say in the first quarter, when you hear the linebacker and he's and he calling out your name, he's saying why Simmons or why's twenty six. I said that means you know you've been on his mind all week. Fuck. I said yeah. but in the fourth quarter when he pats you on your ass after he, after you done ran him over and he said good run Simmons that means you done broke his spirit. It's all mental. Yeah. It's all and, and breaking somebody's spirit. That's what football is all about. If you can break their spirit, if you can break them down, that means you can control them. So yeah. the thing is, what I used to say when I played football, those first eight carries as a running back, you can eat them because you know the game is moving. Everybody's fresh. But in the fourth quarter, when the, game is, when the game is slowing down, when it's when it, this is how it looks for me in the fourth quarter. Whereas in the first quarter, it's like this because everybody's going like this. But in the fourth quarter, when it's like this, and I'm still going like this, that means I broke your will. Yeah, it's all mental. You know what though, and it's it's great because, hey, I'm sure as hell not gonna argue on that. <laughs> somebody has a little more experience than that in my realm. Um, but I, you know, I would agree with you guys that I always thought it was much more mental than physical. I think I thought yeah. the physical was just more like the extra, where it's just it's kind of the are... unfairness, where like a LeBron James, where the man's mentality I think gets underrated because while we gawk at his physical gift, his He's his intelligence, his IQ, and the game of basketball is just elite. Paul Pierce said something about guarding Kobe Bryant. He asked him who was the top five people that you hate guarding, and Kobe Bryant was number one. And he says not because he scored a lot of points. He's like, he can have an off night. But the thing is, when you're guarding him, he's going to shoot in the first quarter at least 16, 17 times. Might not hit one shot. But the thing is, he's breaking you down mentally. Because in your mind, you're like, fuck, he, he just keeps shooting. Fuck, he's still shooting. Damn it. And that's just the first quarter. So you know he's going to take another 16 in the second quarter. You know he's going to take another 20 in the you're third quarter. You're tired already by, by the time you get <laughs> exactly. to the second and quarter. And you got to guard him wherever he's going because he's going to keep shooting. Yeah. So it's it, you, got, you have guys that aren't even close to being as talented as, as, as some guys. But mentally, they know how to play the game. And that's the thing when it comes, again, football has taught me everything about life. But football teaches a lot, man. We'll talk about that right now, but keep going. Yeah, yeah. So... As far as art concerns, to where when I was playing football, like everything, it was like I, it, everything was like art to me. It was like I was painting a picture, running the football. That was the thing. That was my that was my canvas. So then, as you take it, uh, like she said, you know, football taught me discipline. So now when I'm, you know, it's two three o'clock in the morning. I've been working on this piece for four or five hours. Now I got to concentrate on some details. It teaches me to buckle down, to sit in and focus. You know, take my medicine so that I can focus. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, and then, you know, and sit there and actually complete something. Football will make you complete. You got to complete it if you're going to be successful at it. Yeah. Okay. So. Discipline's good word. Yeah. You're a one-cut, two-cut person, right? One-cut and go, baby. 
North, North, South. That's Black it. Running right. Hey, nice. real quick, one cut yeah. though, right? One, ah. one cut. You yeah. gone? It, violent cut. Yeah, violent read. plant. That cut. That cut was so bad. Don't yeah, read RB right there. You that, do that that's, one that's cut. It. Hit one, the hole and go. One cut and go. One cut and go. And then the thing is, every once in a while, when you get in that secondary, you're gonna have to cause a collision. Oh yeah. Just, just so, just so that. Nah, but I think I think he was breaking them down because you know you can tell when he's no. But I think I think no, but I think secondary he'll probably do a little second cut for the haters if he was feeling it. He ah real quick. I tell you, he had it in the way. I'm trying to outrun him. I'm trying to outrun him. I'm trying to outrun him. I know. In the sideline, it go like this. Yeah, man. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, growing up in Houston. And, and being an athlete in Houston, we didn't have some of the baddest athletes come out of the state of Texas, but the city of Houston. I mean, it goes all the way to the 80s where you got guys like Johnny Bailey coming out of uh, Jack Yates High School. Then you got guys like Vince Young coming out of, you yeah. know, Madison High Madison. School. Yeah. Andrew Luck, man. Yeah. Going to Katie. But, I mean, he, you, I mean, you got Andrew Luck. You got guys like Craig Lawson, uh, Greg Timms. I mean, with the Eisenhower High School, these are all American players that have gone on to play at LSU, UT, Clemson, uh, Keith Mouton. Yeah. I mean, guys that have – Keith and Ryan Mouton are brothers. Both of them got state championship rings at Katie High School. Uh, Ryan Mouton went on and played with the Titans for five years. So, you know what I mean? Like, these are all guys that come out. Brian Arakpo, yeah. Josh Gordon. You know, these these are guys that have grown up in the city of Houston, Have who know about the screw tape culture. And, you know what I mean? Like, these are guys that represent for, for not just the state of Texas, but specifically for the city of Houston. So, you know, that's why I love my city, man. I, you know, my dad was an original Houston Oilers, love you, love you blue, house yeah. of pain. You know what I mean? That was, that was when he was a part of, the, a part of that culture. So, you know, that's why I, I always represent And they had city. the coldest, they still have the coldest, some of the coldest throwback jerseys. Oh, man. man. That, that powder blue. blue. Oh, yeah. Man, yeah. that's so clear, man. Yeah. Yeah, with the white pants, man, yes. slick as hell. And then yes. you know, I had Warren Moon over there just slinging it, that running shoot. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, and he was a beast too, underrated as hell. But I can get into sports like crazy, man. Yeah, I know. Oh, I know. Well, well anyway, we're gonna talk about we were gonna talk about the discipline about football. So, for example, he played the sport. So, uh, what did football teach you when it comes to discipline or whatever it is that you do, and which is art now in yeah. your life? Uh, the thing is, you have to really work at your craft. You know what I mean? If you're going to be good at it. Correct. Now, some people want to be good. Some people want to be great. Some people want to be phenomenal. I want to be phenomenal. So you got to really work at your craft. So I can't just do art if I don't sit. Sometimes I got to sit in my journal and work on my sketching, work on my handwriting, writing different letters and being clear, work on little things as how to hold a, a paintbrush and do detailed eyes and accents and things like that. You got to really work at your craft. Sometimes I won't paint for two months at a time sometimes, but I'll sit and I'll write in my journal or I'll doodle or I'll, you know, I'll you got to stay active. Yeah, you, exactly. Exactly. And then when you actually start doing a piece to where you're doing it for eight months, it teaches you to stay focused and complete the task. So, uh, well, football taught me that. So for me, uh, I'll say the one thing that football taught me was discipline, be disciplined at whatever it is that you fucking do. Uh, especially cause we had this coach, man. I think he retired, but he, I didn't think he liked me for shit. Uh, but once I started showing that I didn't give a fuck, you know, I'm little, but I'll fucking go against anybody. He loved your ass. Yeah, he loved my ass. Yeah. Like, Bentley. <laughs> and then he put me, he found out I could deep snap. So I was uh, a good deep snapper. So he was just like, and he was a, a center in, in whatever, in college and whatever. So he loved me even more. Mm -hmm. But anyways, like, it taught me uh, discipline. I remember, man, one of the biggest things he always said was, 
some of y'all may not, you know, some of y'all have this shit, this whole high school shit twisted. He said something like, y'all are failing because y'all are just not putting y'all's effort. The first thing you got to do is just show up. Show up. Yeah. Just show up and make make an effort. The second thing, he used to always say, and I was like, get interested. Even yeah, if man. you don't know, get interested. Buy, sit, the sit, the, the sit in the buy in. Yeah. Buy in. Get in front of the class. Why yeah. are you sitting in the back? Yeah. Get interested. And the third thing is, like, fucking, uh, what's the third thing he said? I forgot what the third one was. But he used to always say that. <laughs> but. Not the center, but the deep snapper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're like, dude, we got I remember one time, man, I told my teammates I was in high school. Discipline. And some of them were like, we got our asses kicked, man. I played in the district with like some bad motherfuckers. I played against Sealy and Sweeney, teams like that. Um, and we got our asses kicked, man. And I'm one of the top players in the state. And we get. What year did you graduate? 2000. I graduated in 2000. 2000. So we get slaughtered. So we get on the bus and like everybody's laughing and giggling. And, you know, all, now, mind you, I got recruiters coming that I'm talking to and trying to figure out where I'm going to go to school. And it was like they didn't really care. Like I cared. And they would make fun of me because I, I gave a damn. You know, I'm getting on people's ass and. And, and barking and running sprints hard and things like that. But I had to get on the bus and I said, look, let me explain something to y'all. After this year's over, some of y'all gonna go get a job. Some of y'all gonna go to school. Y'all yeah, that's the worst. Gonna, you know what I mean? But let me explain something to you. I'm going to, this is going to pay for me to go to college. Yeah. I'm. This is going to pay for me to make a way for me to feed my family. I take this serious. This is like my job and I'm only 17 years old. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Y'all might not give a damn about this, but I do. So please, if you're going to take it serious for me, you know what I mean? And that's the thing. Like, all coaches are going to say, the, the, the term that they use is two words, buy in. Buy in. You know, if, if you can get kids to buy in, you know, and, and, and it'll teach them so much more about life. You it know does. what I mean? If, if, if they really look at it, and they it, it, rather than being spoiled and being like, oh, it's hot, I don't even want to play. If they would just buy in and understand the the psychological, the mental part, you get on that little yeah, adrenaline yeah. rush that you ain't never gonna yeah, forget. Man. Not just football, just, just sports and competing. You know, competing yeah. in, in in general. So yeah. I remember before I forget, it was a show up, uh, buy in like you said, uh-huh. and show up on time. That's what it was. There you go. Show up on time. Show up on time. Because the, that's the big issue. Everybody wants to be fucking late yeah. and shit. Oh, I'm professionalism. Yeah. Only yeah. When you want, where you're- yeah, show up on time. That was just it. And, 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 and who works? And it's about yeah. working the hardest. Like when it comes to art, man, I don't. I'm not the greatest. Like it, oh, yeah. a lot of people don't know, I can't draw. You know what I mean? So, but it's not that. It's not the fact that I'm a great artist. It's artists that are out there that are twelve times better than me. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, I put the work in. I work hard. You know what I mean? I'm gonna sit up and figure out how am I gonna get this image to look like I want it to look. And I'll go through. You know, I'll go. Do ten backflips if, if I can get it to look like what I look, but I put the work in. So I think it makes you as this a, motherfucker works her ass off. I think that's a good, like a, a good, uh, different way of discipline or work. Like he's probably trained hard for football. I I was an athlete my whole life, but I'm just saying that's a whole nother level. So I think that's why we I work every day. And follow different things, like because I've written forever. Uh, but you like to do it like crash course, yeah. two a day, yeah, two month type. I'm gonna ju- jump. I like to yeah. I'm gonna jump in there and, and you know 
and put in okay. and put in the work. Yeah, I, I work at nighttime most keep of the time. Keep on laying so. the soul out. Okay. Until the light comes in, so. Does that help balance but each other that, out for y'all? Like, yeah, do you guys yes, kind of feed off each other absolutely. and then you go and you a little take bit? She and... works. We we work separate, you know. Mm-hmm. But we, as far as like when we talk to each other and, and we push each other or whatever, that that helps. Have y'all know? collabed? Uh, on one piece, we collabed on one piece. I mentioned it earlier. Yeah, we collabed on one piece. Sister um, Croida. Was that what it was? Oh, I said don't forget. Warhol. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she has a show coming up in his, July. His, okay. uh, Where? Uh, I'm curating it, so we're we're actually we're I'm putting together the venue now. Uh, so before before we'll we'll have her come on and and, and she can pub the show and you oh got, for sure yeah you guys definitely they'll come and do the podcast at the show. Absolutely. For sure. Oh, wait. you already know. I don't get a ticket y'all. like I, I did last time with them. Hey, that A one show was dope. As long as I'm not Which one? The, the one we did for the Super Bowl, yeah. the Van show. Other than that, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was oh, yeah. lit. Was no, lit. we were. I was. <laughs> I was. I was on another. Uh, we, you see, people don't understand that. <clears throat> um. Sometimes when you do these live things, is you know you are drinking, you know, yeah. and you are there's other things around, and then for example, every time you and I get together and all of us we get together, yeah, it's I, like we're already too gone. This yeah. is you know this I mean? the soberest I've when been. I when I when I when I've heard when I when I hear them when I hear them the next day, I'm like I don't mind people knowing who we are and our bluntness our blunt being us being blunt oh okay. but I thought I, you meant blunt like no 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 no, no. that's why <laughs> that's why I took myself back blunt like, like what kind of blunt you talking about? no <sighs> but I do mind when you can't even understand us yeah. Like at times, oh, you know, like that. No, there's moments like that where I, uh, you, I swear, we had one where you're, you, no, you're like, you're like, uh, and then, huh? <laughs> I, I, no, there's times we like, I'll listen to something, I'll just, or it would happen, and then afterwards, you don't like, remember saying it. Turn off. No, no, I would. I would just be like, yo. That's not gonna sound good, man. Like I'm no, just, I, just thinking to myself, I'm driving home, like, damn, that's gonna be oh bad. My oh my podcast. This is my first time, but I talk like this normally. I'm from the country. We pop squats. <laughs> so I'm just saying, if I sound fucked up, I'm almost there, but not quite. Not yet. No, you're still good. You're still good. It's just. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes you can tell when a person's just talking out of context. Yeah. It's like big time, especially us. Like you can just tell. There was times when I was like, nah, man, nah, I was like, nah, man, your art, man, and then I jump out of topic, I'm like, oh, come oh, you on. Say the same hey, question listen, over and over not again. to put him out there, like, oh, but Donkey, Donkey be, Donkey be lit. Topic is good. Oh, yeah, he, he, but what he does, is he just walks away now, when I, when I, <laughs> well, <Donkey. laughs> yeah, when I ask him, like, hey, hey, come here, come here, he's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> He's what that sh- that show that we did at um at Magpies and Peacocks. That was the night after the van show. I don't think you guys were there. No, I wasn't there for when that. He one. walked in. He he got there late. And he was with uh he was with my my boy Chris. And he was like, dude, I'm fucked up. <laughs> I've been drinking tequila. He, I was like, Damn, for real. He was like, yeah, I can't. I can barely see. <laughs> last time uh last time I seen you was um at the eight one show. No. Uh. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But before that, um, you were uh at um, one of the artists you just mentioned that you were. I think you were in Houston. Um, he was having like a little uh. Robert Hodge. Yes, Hodge. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. 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 Um, which I thought was pretty dope, man. I had never been to anything like that, so that to me was fucking really? dope. Yeah, yeah. I had never been to anything like that. Hodge is dope, man. He's been my mentor. Um, it'll be a year next month, and he's taught me, um. 
there's so much more to the art game than like people, you know, than just painting and you know, you gotta deal with contracts and galleries and percentages and stuff like that. The politics of it, man. Exactly. Yeah. Which which you know, no artist wants to deal with, but you have to if 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 you wanna make a living off of it. Yeah. But he's you know, He's taught me beyond, you know, as far as the creating part. He showed me the business, the ugly side of it. You know what I mean? When people will screw you out of contract. That was gonna make you better, man. Yeah, yeah. So, That's cool, um, man. Shout out to Robert Hodge, um, uh, the 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 third ward legend. Um, uh, he, he's just good people, man. So, uh, and and you know, he's a phenomenal, phenomenal artist. Let me ask you, man. What's next for you? What you got working on? What you got? The the next big thing I, I would say is probably my hundred dollar show in March, um, and that's uh, it's gonna be a City View loss, um, and that's where I take pieces that are like in my collection from maybe two three years ago, and now these are four or five thousand dollar pieces, um, but I'm gonna start to bid off at a hundred dollars, and people can bid on those pieces. Now the minimal bid will have to be another hundred dollars. So if if a piece starts off at hundred dollars, you gotta bid two hundred. Oh, okay, increments. Of exactly, exactly. But it'll be six pieces. And people, you know, it'll go to the highest bidder. So you can get some expensive, authentic art at an affordable price. And really, man, it's just to stay relevant. You know, that's what it's about as for, for artists. You got to stay relevant. You got to stay making work, putting work out there. Um, so I got that show coming up in March. Then I got her show that I'm curating uh, in July, July 21st. Uh, Meredith Reinhardt. Um, <clears throat> what, what, what did we say we were going to title it? What um, is it? What are we gonna talk? We're about? not there yet. Okay, we're you not. Never know it yeah, we're not there that. We'll, but we'll let you know that's soon. in July, and then uh, come November uh, 2018 will be my annual uh, solo gallery, Art and High Fashion, and that'll actually be at uh, at the open space uh, next to Two Suite on Commerce. So that's red carpet, black ties. So um, you know, that's that's everybody come out and get fly and, and just have a good time. So damn, that's hey, badass. When is that? That's that's next November. That's next November. Oh shit, we still got another thanks. Or oh, that's a Thanksgiving. That's Thanksgiving. right before Thanksgiving. <laughs> That'll be damn near the end of 2018, yeah. man. It's right before. It's always oh, yeah, my last. Like, it's my last piece of work. The actual show is like my last piece of work. It's my last piece of artwork of the year because I conceptualize the piece. I, I do everything. I make the hors d'oeuvres. I pour the drinks. I set the bar up. I get the liquors. I mean, it's it's a vision that I had three years ago because I didn't want to wait for a gallery to give me my own show. So I created my own show. And Fuck, that's badass. That's yeah, cool. man. You know, that's I, when I fell in love. I took my, I took my money and like I, I invested in it. You know, it takes a year because, you know, you want it to be right, you know. And then also, too, you want the work to be phenomenal. You know, these are, you know, people coming out and they're spending big money, man. You know, art's... You know, anywhere between fifteen hundred to shit. You know, Skylar Gray, uh, he just sold a piece at um at Art Basel for sixty five grand. Damn. You know what I mean? Uh, hell, Basquiat, even though he's not here, his piece just sold for one hundred forty one million. You know what I mean? So you want you want your work to you know to be top caliber if you consider yourself to be a top caliber artist. So. Amen to that. Sixty four, dog. We Jamal, let me draw you, dog. The poor, the poor. I'll call it. I'll call it. I call it the poor. I call it the poor J Cole. Get me. Oh, that's better than this fool. First time we met, he was like, he looked like Sinbad. I look like no damn Sinbad. Like no, but it's because you never seen him when he don't have his hair like. Dude, when he had his hair, I said he looked like Sinbad. No, he look, like, man, there, look, my hair. Look, I, let me no, tell you, Lamont. I like, I just, I, dude, I'm a very open person, man. Like, <laughs> right, I, right, 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 right. Yeah, I, I, I find something on everybody, and I just relate to them. And right. I just, 
that's who, that's who I am, man. That like for example, you. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'd love to hear this. Go, uh, go, go, ahead. go. No, I mean, what's his face? Fucking quarterback, uh, I, yeah, Russell yeah, Wilson. Russell Wilson. Wilson. <laughs> I felt like when I first met him, I was like, dude, this is Russell Wilson. Dude. Like before he even started, <laughs> yeah. he was like, hey, man. <laughs> but I'm just like that, man, because I feel yeah. like, dude, like, I, I'm just like that. You know, cool, if I get man. that vibe from a person, you know, it's, everybody it's genuine. Yeah, and, it's and genuine. I, if I get that vibe from a person, like, you're going to be cool with me yeah, telling you, man. I get that. So when I got, I was like, Dude, are you Russell Wilson, dog? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Him, I was like, hey, Sinbad, dog. I know, I know, I know. No, but then I, get, I get Russell Wilson <laughs> and I get Jim Jones a lot. I can see that, though. Yeah, I, I get Jim that. Jones. Yo, Jim yeah. Jones is, yo, that's, he's like one of my, one of my idols. I see Jim Jones. His hustle, yo, his hustle is, it's amazing. Man, it's like, and he don't take shit for, that's where I, Jim Jones, I learned, that's where I learned invest in yourself. Balling, you know what I'm saying? Just him hustling and grinding, and then putting every camera just yeah. got bad. Like, Rick but I mean, they they, they started Dipset, and they went like it was. You know what I mean? Like Rockefeller took over Def Jam, Dipset took over Rockefeller, just like that. Yeah, you know what I mean? But it was because they didn't give a fuck. They didn't take no for no answers, or you know what I mean? They just they they pushed the culture of what they believed in. Oh, and they're all high. The so let's let 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 let. Let, we'll, let's uh, be a little honest here. Did Maze kill a Cameron or no? No, no. Oh, <laughs> Come Cameron on. can't be killed by nobody. Come on, dog. No comment. No comment. No comment. But see, motherfuckers always Cameron went on the Breakfast Club and started Mace saying all this stuff. Hey, yo, Maze can rap. Murder Maze. Dude, he, Mace went, can, he, he was, was Murder Maze before he was Maze. Look, here's yeah. the thing, you know though. Like, here's the thing that there needs to be like a hood dictionary where we could f- search the facts. That's what you see. Uh, there's a creativity. Let's like, no, Cameron confirmed everything he said. Yeah, but everything he said, Cameron confirmed. Now he he put he told his story about it, but he he was like, yeah, that happened. But this is how it happened. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Whether you know, for example, sure. made. I don't know what the fuck he said if it's true or not. I don't know. Yeah. So it's like we need a dictionary. I want to search up this shit. I want to do fact checks. But <laughs> cite your source because he said well, it like, sounds good. Because Cameron says he ain't got no sister. Yeah, he did say that. He did say so that. So I'm like, okay, yeah, so like, okay, that. so where is he grabbing this shit from? So, yeah, you know, I'm they confused. from they from the same hood though. They from, oh, they yeah, both ha- from Harlem. Harlem. Yeah, they so both I'm Harlem. confused. They I'm both. confused, but I will tell you, May showed up. He showed up. Yeah, he did. He did. I I, I ain't gonna. That's why I said no comment. No comment. I'm a di- look. I'm a Dipset <laughs> baby. I'm, you know, I, I fuck with Dipset. Jim Jones. That's you know, I, I fuck with him. Cameron with the, with the pink and shit. I was rocking right. pink. I was wearing pink. I was wearing pink rags. That motherfucker was probably wearing pink too. <laughs> Killer can. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I was putting them all back. I was like, I was like, one of the things I like to do randomly is I like to rap like Cameron. I was like, yeah, I was like, it should be a game with all of us. And you just ram like certain words. It sounds yeah. so simple. But then he twisted it. Sounds bubble like, gum, bubblelicious. <laughs> <laughs> like kill a can, man. I got the spam in the can, man. Like Your girl on my spam, man. It's like stuff. Like, he just do that. I'm just like, man. Well, but listen, they had a fucking cult following. They had a cult following. You had little cats in the hood talking about Dipset. I represent Dipset. You know what I'm saying? It was a whole movement. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, that, that's the that's why he cracked me up though. Be especially uh, he did like the Sesame Street thing, and they just they were straight fire, man. So no, mur- you know, murder mace can't kill kill a cam ever. All right, don't you ever say that again, dog. <laughs> don't you ever say that again. Yeah. Friendship over. Who, who you? Who you? You Chingo Bling or South Park Mexican? 
Ah oh, man, I gotta ride SPM. SPM. Man. SPM. Hey, I've always, I've always said he's uh, to me, man. He's like I've always said he's li- lyrically yeah. he's. The, you know, you, you know your boy bro. like that? Nah, with. South Park Mexicans are fucking Ace Town legend. Yeah, man. That yeah, and that's exactly what you just said. He, it's like he just like Pimp C if he didn't get locked up. And yeah. you know what, man? For a long time, for me, like the whole thing with SPM, I was like, I had stopped rocking, like jamming them forever, and I was like, man, fuck that. He did this and that, but I had to like separate it. You get yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. you did that, whatever. But it doesn't take from the fact that you were fucking great lyrics. You were fucking just yeah. great at your fucking syllables or yeah, whatever it is, it lyrically, dope. whatever. But his voice, man. Nobody it was, yeah, never yeah. heard no shit he like that. He had a hypnotic to it. Yeah, yeah he do. Cause he so slow, he and it's like. Yeah, yeah, it kind of yeah. is drowsy. It's, it's pretty dope, man. Ooh, yeah. And you don't even have to be, you don't have to be on Xanax or that. He sends you into hypnosis. Yeah. With his and lyrics. I think it was the voice, though. I think it was the voice and yeah, the, man. the lyrics. But you know, even yeah. back then, though, man, from like the yeah, DJ Screw era, like the Screwed Up oh, yeah. Click. You know what's crazy, man? You're you're my brother's age, my yeah, older brother's yeah. age. Oh, really? Yes. No shit. He graduated. That's all I asked you were here, and uh, he's 2002. Okay. So you're 35. He, he went to Austin. I'm 30. I just turned 36. 36, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. about to. Yeah, same thing. He went to Austin? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. That's why, like, when you said right now, like, SPM, and then I was like, yeah, hey, that's that era, man. I it was when it was like, man, so, you know what I mean? Like, we had the Fifth Street Gangsters, and, you know, Devil Street Gs, you know. I, I went to high school with a bunch of Hispanic kids, so, you know, I, I, that's where I learned Spanish, and, I, you know, we all was in the same, you know, we all rocked the same, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, Everybody Which was, is amazing, ladies and gentlemen. Y'all need to know that this man knows Spanish, so do not talk shit about him <laughs> in Spanish. Why you do this so he can see what he He's not kind of hot, Jamal, but I know you don't give a fuck. No, I know. I'm savage like that, though. Man. I know you don't care. Nah, I don't. Lamont, let us know, man. We're about to hit two hours, man. So you am good, man. So good. if you're good, we're good. I'm, I'm going to tell you something, man. We could talk. I I'm need good. a break. I'm tired of Hey, football. do what you got to do. Do I'm what you got to do. <laughs> hey, so let me ask you a curious question. Um, So with the art, when you started uh, venturing in, in in Houston and all mm-hmm. that stuff, um, <clears throat> did you start? Shut okay. your ass. I told you about the phone. <laughs> Talked to him earlier while you yeah, were gone. Man. I was like, this fool's phone always goes off, man. I was like, what? <laughs> Fuck he, you. He's a, he did say that. He did say that. <laughs> he did, I heard yeah, him. Yeah. Motherfucker. Oh, sorry, I continue. Yeah. I'll edit that out. <laughs> um, no, nah, but did you start like finding your ways around by yourself, or did somebody help you, or uh, how did you start getting like your name out there? Did, this for local artists, whoever's listening, who's trying to get their thing out there. So, there's you social know. media, and then being on the art scene, and so what I did um, was. I started. How did I start? I um, I kind of started going to art galleries and meeting like curators that ran the the actual art galleries, and then um, I kind of researched how to put together a gallery. So I started when, once I started putting together my own gallery for my, my solo exhibit. I started asking other people that were like in those realms, uh, you know about other exhibits and I researched other artists um during that time I actually became a fan of uh of Robert Hodge um it's crazy because I met him a few years later and he became my mentor but um but also too just uh I, I met a guy named Josh Pemberton and he hosts an event called um Pancakes and Booze 
it's like a it's a big art festival um and he and he created that man and it's 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 every year i think i remember this i, I i'm not saying no yeah, way, he, but he i think every year yeah, 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 but and it happens every. Like, I, I, yeah, he yeah. does. It's, it's called pancakes and booze, and then he does another one called muffins and mimosas. Where does he have those at? Uh, different venues, different venues yeah. from from north to south. Um, and and Josh, that's what he started doing. Josh Pemberton, he started um, he started hosting his own festivals because he figured you know he saw he's not an artist, but he knew other artists. So when I got with Josh, he helped me with my social media and just kind of getting my name out there. And then the thing is, just being around it, you got to be around it. You got to, you know what I mean? Like, you got to know other artists. You got to really know how to critique art. And just uh, being in, in the circle, really, you know, no artist is the same, but being around people that kind of think the same, have the same passion and things like that. And then other opportunities, they they will open up for you. You know, I met Donkey Boy through my mentor, Robert Hodge, but I had known who Donkey Boy was. But then once I met Donkey Boy, he got me uh, the opportunity to work with Vans at the 8-1 show during the Super Bowl. Um, at the 8-1 show, I met you guys. Um, you know what I mean? I'll, you know, and, and knowing Donkey Boy, uh, that also got me a couple shows at 8th Wonder. And then having my solo show at HMAC, I met other artists um, that were also inside of HMAC at the Burt Long Gallery, uh, Lee Carrier. Uh, she's a good friend of mine. She's a phenomenal, phenomenal artist. She's also the director of the art department in Cypher ISD. Um, yeah. But I met, I met her during that time as well. Um, so just being around it, that's that's pretty much, you know, that sums it up. Just be around it. Go to art, as many art galleries as you can. Try to meet as many artists as you can. Um, and social media. You know what I mean? You can do those things through social media. So as fucked up as social media can be, it can also be a good tool. If you focus on what it's supposed to be used for. Okay. Right. Got you. And um, is there any negatives as far as the culture of art that, that stand out to you? The only negative I would say is that it's a lot of artists that hate on each other. You know what I mean? We're, yeah. You know, whether it's one artist hating on another artist being successful and saying, oh, his work is trash. How is he, you know this successful or how does he know this person or you know what I mean how often do you think or what's the percentage if you, if you had to just guess what do you think the percentage of people that actually spit out that vitriol compared to the people that support it uh, over half over 50% fuck yeah. damn yeah and that's that's and that's a sad part like about the Houston culture of art is that that's what happened but Donkey Donkey told me that he said man you know if I could give you any advice he was like just ignore the hate you know, because the thing is, you might you might rise faster than an artist has just been doing this 10, 15 years. But the thing is, it's different avenues now. You know what I mean? Or I might put in more work than that person. Or, you know what I mean? I might know somebody, you know what I mean, that can financially help me out a little bit more. You know what I mean? Down those avenues. So let me ask you something. This on a... I'm not going to say forget the art, what you do right, the craft you do. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say in every aspect. Do you think Houston can be a hater city? Uh, yeah, definitely. I I wouldn't say hater. I would call it fair weather. If you popping, you popping in Houston. If you not, you not. And that's you know I have a friend that's uh he's a he's a big time promoter, boss man Woody a life, um. And you know he's been around the the, the promoting culture since it was back in the day when the M Bar was popping. Uh, you know, and Glow and Grasshopper and Downtown was. You know, those clubs were hot. But, you know, and, he, and he's watched it change to now. And he's the one who told me. He was like, man, you'll see. He was like, you know, stick around long enough and you'll watch a lot of people fade off. 
He's like, you know, because we sometimes you high, sometimes you cold. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You cold, yeah. people don't want to be around you. You know, but that's how Houston is. You know, if you sit back and look at like when Pow Wow and Lil Flip and Mike Jones and even Slim Thug, when they were hot back in like 06, 07, 08, they were hot. But then, you know, they don't put out an album or whatever, and the whole culture, you know, that was like, damn, Houston had they run. You know what I'm saying? Makes sense. And I, I get what you're saying. I guess the reason I'm asking is because at times it can feel like Houston is a very, um, I mean, we've had a lot of interviews here, but um, it just feels like at times Houston can be a very uh, hard crowd to win over. It can, yeah. man. It can. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, definitely. Fair weather. But I think uh, I will say they're loyal, though, once you win them over. They're your fans forever. Is, it, is that being loyal? There you go, though. That's another well, way I mean, to look at it. You're, yeah, you're earning that loyalty. Is that loyalty need to be earned to take that much work to, to get it? I mean, loyalty uh, is point. when you stick by me when, when I'm down. Exactly. Or when, no, I'm, hey. not, or when I'm not hot. Hey. You know what I'm saying? I am. I, oh, yeah, if they're bandwagoning. Fair weather. Fair weather. Fair weather. Listen, I just I, work here. I love the city. I'm I just love the host. City, you know what I mean? But it is what it is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I am, I, you know, I always represent, you know, for for, for, for Houston. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of, I even got some Houston on in a lot of my pictures. You know what I'm saying? Just because. And I don't want you to take what I'm asking as, um, you know, fuck. You know, I, I just know, feel like I always like saying. to talk about the things that are good and the things and that are bad. bad. Yeah. Let's not, you know, it, let's not be naive and be like Houston is all 100%. Well, I think of it like... I like to talk about it from both sides because, I mean, at the end of the day, we all see both sides, especially from a creative mindset, right? Yeah, we see yeah, everything. Yeah, you see yeah, everything and yeah. everything in yeah. the detail of it. So that's why I like to bring up those yeah. questions. The music so. is what I would have used as a good example of that, where the music chopped and screwed was so... Hard is so ingrained into mm-hmm. the culture mm-hmm. that I, it's it's pro- I imagine how much harder it is for people from Houston to try to rap and put their new thing out, new Houston, because then a lot of times people are gonna go and say, yeah. "Well, this ain't the same," like mm-hmm. you know, with, with Thug and Screw yep. and, yep. and yep. you know, and Zero and all. And these even dudes. within the city, you gotta think about the whole Screw culture. I remember, so DJ Screw was the first to do it, but then you had then you had to switch a house, then you start getting the Lions then uh, screw tapes from the south side and you had different record stores that sold them different um, you know on the north side to, yeah. you know what I mean it was competitive within the city grades and fades yeah, right? exactly yeah. exactly exactly. The, the, all the fuck action takes you know what I mean from 1 through 35 you know what I mean <laughs> all the slow jams that was chopped and screwed you know yeah. what I mean so you know it, it, it it's just a, you know the the best analogies I can put it is you know if, if if you want the fans to be happy, you better win. That's it. That's it. Anything you do. Shit. Shit. Sure, I, I appreciate it. <laughs> I, think, I think you just went. You hit it right where it needs to be hit. Yeah, um, no one more question I need to ask you, man, is um, <clears throat> for future artists uh, trying to, you know, get in the game or whatever. Mm-hmm. As an artist, do you ever hit, as I've been mentioning, the Bentley slump? But it is a real thing. Do you ever hit slumps? Definitely, definitely. Because the thing is, we live. You live real life. You still live in real life. You know what I mean. Whether it's you got a job or you doing art full time, you know what I mean. You you still got bills to pay. You still have things that happen to where you get stressed out. You know what I mean. You 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 feel you, you have your low moments or whatever. Um, you know, and that's just where you you know you have to teach yourself to work through that stress, just like you would at a nine to five. Um, or if you're working a nine to five, you got to discipline yourself to where you like, you know, you're like, fuck, I don't feel like doing this shit. You still got to push yourself. Yeah. Even, yeah. If, even if it's something as simple as just writing in a journal. Um, you know, so 
you do have your low moments or, uh, you know, as writers will call it, writer's block. You know, I, I call it an a, a artist wall. You know what I mean? But you got to figure out how to get around that wall. You know what I mean? If, even if it's brain exercises. You know, I do these exercises to where I give myself a 24 by 24 piece of paper and I give myself 30 minutes. And I just got to I got to complete that painting in 30 minutes. I try to do two a day. You know what I mean? Is it? I can't correct anything. I just, I gotta go with it, figure it out, and it just jogs. It just jogs your brain. So you know what I mean? You just gotta figure out what that hurdle is, cause that's what it is. When you having a low moment, it's just a hurdle. So you gotta figure out how to either go over through the middle or around that hurdle to get to that other side. So yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah, happens. Shit yeah. Dope. Um, come on. No, I mean, uh, yeah, that's actually a good point, man. Like he said, just render hurdles like you, you would everyday life right yeah, Cause yeah. You're a human being at the end of the yeah, day yeah. um so with that said also what were some of the ways you were able to break out of those uh slumps um really man just honestly music music when i'm in a slump like that i, I gotta listen to some music That's who, who you listen to uh who i'm listening to right now Oh, in again, man! In general, that new Chris Brown, that new whatever. Chris Brown is dope. I like R and B, but see, I like I like uh, I like going to the left. So I listen to like Kings of Leon. Um, oh, me too. Uh, do you like Coldplay? Yeah, I love. Dude, Coldplay. I love right. Yeah. Oh my god, Yellow's my favorite song. Huh? Yellow's my favorite dude. song. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I fucking yeah. love Coldplay, dude. Song. Like, yeah. I fucking yeah. hate like my cousin last year comes in, but dude, stop playing that shit to shoot myself. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you gotta fucking li- Thomas Adele. That's I listen funny. to Adele. I, I I love Adele. Her yeah. last album was yeah. amazing, bro. I can see why she takes yeah. so much time to build her album. Yeah, man. It, it's twenty one like, though. Twenty one. I tell anybody, if I was on twenty one, if I was on an island. Yeah. By myself, they told me I could take one album with me. It would be twenty one. Damn. Yeah. Touche. Yeah, man. Well, it gives you. Man. I can see why. Yeah. Fuck. We sound like fucking crazy. Then the fucking Miles <laughs> Davis, his uh, his album from nineteen seventy four, Bitches Brew. Bitches Brew. Yeah. Man, that's yeah. my man. Yeah. Yo, I was gonna say, I like that's yeah, my that's favorite. Dope. That in a uh, Duke Ellington in a sentimental mood. Yeah. Um. That's you know. Because those are because those are emotions that those people are going through. So it'll evoke. Emotion in me to where I just zone, I just want to zone out. So I would I would say when I'm in those moments, it's it's music, music and writing. Those two things will pull me out of that. Like, you know, yeah. help me jump over. Music's that. powerful, man. There's times hell. Yeah, I'll listen yeah. to uh, I'll listen to like Cuban music for some reason. I'll be driving somewhere, man, and like I'll hear like I don't know, man. You hear some music and there's no words into that, and it's just kind of just takes your mind to a different yeah, place, yeah, and it's, it's yeah. dope, man. Like yeah. or sometimes it just makes for like. A very pleasant drive, if that makes any sense. Like, I'm just driving, I look at yeah. the sun, I'm just like, yeah. it's nice a day and stuff, yeah. so. Yeah. That's, that's dope as hell. What are other uh, influential artists, you would say, musically, that um, maybe not necessarily that you base your art on, but maybe that you kind of had looked up to? I know you said Jay-Z. You definitely know, Jay-Z. A lot, of, a lot of quotes uh, from Jay-Z. You said Tupac, you said Kanye, who else? Uh, definitely Jay-Z. I would say, as far as, as far as musically, Jay-Z, um, who else? I, I love Kanye. Uh, my boy Slim. I, I love Slim's music and uh, and uh, Killer Kalyon. All right. Yeah, that's uh, uh, Lorraine Motel is one of the man hottest yeah. albums of the year. Even though it was a mixtape, it was man one of the hottest mixtapes out. Period. Um, who else? Uh, musically, man. 
I do think it's dope that he relates everywhere, though. He asked me about SPM, so I think that's fucking dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. King's Leon, SPM, Coldplay. Uh, King's uh, Leon. Uh, dude, uh, Sex is on Fire is one of my favorite songs. Man, yeah, King's man. That's a, best, that, that's a better song, dude. Uh, Bonnever. I like Bonnever. Yes. Um, James Morrison. Um, uh, and then, like, uh, even, like, I fuck with that last Justin Bieber album, man. That That was a hot album. I didn't hear it. Yeah, uh, what was it? Uh, Fuck Justin Purpose. Bieber. Purpose? Nah, um, I, 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 I'm talking shit. <laughs> I, I'm just messing with y'all. You know, I mean, it's, it's just, you know, it, it, oh, it, it just ranges, man. He, I, like, one of my favorite songs to paint to is November Rain by Guns N' Roses. Uh, you know oh, I mean? nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You ever see the music video? It's like yeah. you getting married and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. In my November Rain. Yeah. One of my favorite stuff. songs, actually, um, I realized, it's crazy, man. One of my favorite songs... Doing a bonfire this past weekend by myself, just throwing fucking shit in there, just making fire. <laughs> I re- I always th- I thought it was, but I realize now. Uh, Leonard Skinner, a uh, simple man. Oh, that's, oh, a, that's a, yeah, that's a good yeah, one. That's, that's a good a one. I realize yeah, that that's, yeah, that's what it was, one. and it's because you are singing. Cause I'm a simple kind of be a simple. <laughs> I just felt it, dog. Can you get a like, beer? It was like my mom telling me, dude. Like, like in Spanish is so yeah. humilde, you know. Like always be humble. Yeah. Man. Like yeah. just always represent, you know, the way I, I raised you and my parents. And it's just, dude, I realized that's one of my fucking top songs. That's a dope yeah. song. That's one of my favorite songs from them. So just so I know I'm starting to get into the karaoke thing. So oh, uh, I'm working into it's it. It's addictive, bro. It's yeah. addictive. See, and I'm, I'm uh, like, the, I'm like, I'm, I'm dope at karaoke, but the lip singing, I like the singing. I, I really want you to hear my voice. Yeah, for real. Yeah, that ain't. Yeah, that's not. Uh, but you know what though? But karaoke's fun. But the thing is, you gotta kind of break the ice for yourself. You know, of course, you get a few brews in here. Yeah, you, you got to. Yeah. Liquid courage. But it's like it's addictive because once you get that first song, you oh, knock man. it it's out. Like you're really All of a sudden, you're like, yeah. yo, I got like ten more, man. <laughs> Put me back in. There'll be people singing there in the hearts. I'm like, ah, yeah, yeah, like, damn, girl. Yeah. You know, but, <laughs> um, it's funny, man. I know um, one of my favorite artists, too. So, y'all, speaking of which, too, uh, in a situation for bonfires, because in El Paso, that's what we did a lot of bonfires. Right. I, there was two groups I listened to. It was uh, Metallica, was one always, okay. you know. And MB then, Riders. And then, uh, <laughs> shout out MB Riders. <laughs> no, 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 no. The other one was Queen. Like I'm a big I'm a big fan of Queen Queen's in general, dope. man. Queen is dope. Who else? Who's a queen? Who else? Queen. Um. Damn, I'm drawing a blank. There's another. There's a like a black R&B artist. She's a singer. Mm-hmm. She's a I know what I wanted to bring up when he brought up R&B. Um. So I just want to make something clear here. About R. Kelly. I'll make it. Yes, I'll make it for <laughs> this episode. Um, I even made an R. Kelly episode in the beginning of this whole no, journey of episodes. Like one of the first few episodes, I dedicated a full episode to R. Kelly. Kelly. So here's the thing: what? I just want people to know where I am with R. Kelly, and I need to give an update to people. <laughs> um, uh, the cult. <laughs> I've given up on R. Kelly um, officially. Um, I've come to the point where I would never, you would never hear me. Do another episode about the man or defend him or anything. Outside of this one. Right. Well, not, you're not defending him. I'm not defending him. Right. The only one, I, I, the last one I said, just about you know, there was no, name. but then more shit came out and I was just like, R. Kelly, dude, I'm done. <laughs> you're <laughs> disgusting. You yeah. swear, his house got robbed. I, I, yeah, and, and then I didn't even feel bad. I was like, R. Kelly, dude. <laughs> that's when I realized, Damn. that's when I realized, dude, Damn. R. Kelly, dude, like, 
You didn't, you didn't feel bad about his house getting ready? Nah, like, man. Oh, well. He was like, <laughs> and all of my shit got robbed. Oh, that's crucial. And all of my shit got robbed. <laughs> I got to file the insurance. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't answer. <laughs> oh, my God. But anyways, uh, I, 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 man, I love R. Kelly, man. I still listen to his music, but I have to put him in the same place as SPM. I feel you. Gotta separate it now. Yeah. You know, I was like, R. Kelly now, dude, as a person, I don't know who the fuck you are, but your music, you're a great musician, man, but... Yeah, you compartmentalize I'm yeah. the person. That first episode, it, that it, second episode, we did dedicated to him. Yeah. I was still, R. Kelly, dude, I, I, I ride for you, dog. I defend you, dog. I I, I got you, dog. Now you're just you like, can't do it. Ah. You can't do it. You're reneging. You're reneging. It's over. It's over, dog. After he dropped uh, no, breaking up. that soap opera uh, of uh, Chapter <laughs> oh, in the Closet. Oh, that shit was funny. I was defending. That shit was funny, I man. I pulled out the dresser. Oh, my God. A rub. 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 No, I just. Wait, no, and then they zoom, out, they zoom out of the rubber, though, to like rubber, rubber. <laughs> it got ridiculous because then the grandparents came in and they were like, oh, well, what are you doing today? Oh, I'm going to go eat something. Oh, niggas, this is a song. Or what am I watching? <laughs> no, after a while, it's sad that he just started making voices for anybody. <laughs> Are you chilling in my house? Like you had a book and you opened it up like, now Joe came in the scene and it's just like, oh, damn. Hey, what are you doing today? Oh, I'm going to get my nails done. Oh, that sounds like a play. I'm like, I'm like is this nigga just having a conversation? Like, oh, shit. Like, i like, this fool just swindled and hoodwinked me. But like, by song eight or nine, you're sitting there like, I can't believe I just watched eight of these motherfuckers right now. But you watched all of them. Oh, Man, fuck yeah. <laughs> but anyways, I mean, like, like I said, I mean, fucking R. Kelly's like what fifty something years old. I'm yeah. fucking twenty, what twenty five, twenty six. Yeah, um, dude, I, I still love this fucking music, man. It was fuck it, to me. It's Kelly, like yeah, that double arm album is one of my favorites. He's album. amazing, and, man. Uh, bro, I still remember. I think the reason, another reason, is like I started appreciating his music a lot more when I worked at Sam's Club. I was a cashier. Uh huh. And that album, I forgot which one it is. The one where he's like this, where he looks like Ray Charles. Oh yeah, yeah. Because um, he sings a lot of old, older stuff like fifties and. That yeah, was a special album. It was. Yes. Yeah. So he's like this, but this is what this is what people don't realize. I'm about to say a story. When I was a cashier, um, they were coming by the album and they were uh, Moscato. Oh. Ooh! I know. <laughs> I it was about to I go down. I know. I know. I know. So, so, and at the time, I was like, man, what the fuck? Why are these people buying? And at the time, I was like 19, 18. So love was, letter. Yes. That's so love I was like, letter. So I was like yeah. damn, why are they love buying? Letter. That's it. And most yeah. of it, it was girls, ladies, you know, they were buying it. That was a dope album, man. And, and I was yeah, like, dude, dude, and it was just, just and Moscato, he got some bangers, man. And, and, and at Sam's, Moscato was giving you wholesale price, so they weren't just buying one, <laughs> they were buying two, three. Man. You know what I mean? So, dude, down. so it was. Probably a pack of Trojans, and they knew what's up. <laughs> Dog. So, that's when I was like, man, let me, you know, and then I started appreciating R. Kelly's music more, yeah. but then now I'm like. See, and before that, back then, it was 12 play. People were like, yeah. yo, yo, you get you a gal, they're yeah, like, yo, play. pop 12 play. And you're good, you know what I'm saying? My favorite album, What's the 411 by Mary J. Blige. And he he was a dope producer, because even Aaliyah's shit, yeah. like, uh, and then, um, oh man, what was it? The song's called Quality Time. Did he, a, did he marry Aaliyah? Did he marry Aaliyah or no? 
No, it wasn't immature. It was. Uh, Did he marry Aaliyah awesome. or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, but, yeah so, well, that's the legend, right? He married her when she was. He did, dog. 16, 15, at this 16 point, years at this old. point, I'm not even looking in the middle grounds anymore. He did it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? He had some. Um, but he was a. He was just a dope producer too, and and he had the new Jack swing yeah, vibe to it too. Yeah, so like yeah. you said, with he, when he, Mary, like, what's when the four ones? Dope. Yeah. When he dope. Was a public album. announcement. Oh yeah. Man, so that was the that was kind of the dope part, man. Um. But yeah, yeah, exactly. With Mary Jane and with Aaliyah, like it was clean, man. But uh, I can agree with them. It's just yeah, you can't right. look at people. I remember I did that with Michael Jackson, and oh, I had really? to sit there like, did he touch those kids? Yeah, yeah. I really like his music. Mike kind of lost it for me when he started talking about he was Peter Pan. Well, when his nose started disappearing, <laughs> I was kind of like, that's weird. You know, you just it's just, yeah, it just tripped me like, out. Hey, Peter Pan? Uh, did he have kids? I was like, you got, your kids are. Well, you know what, I, bro, bro, like <laughs> you looking at them and you're just like, uh, these, I, I would tell people like, look, man, you can do whatever you want to your skin, your genetics. Yeah. Like he's black. Yeah. Exactly. Like you seen a picture of him yeah. as a kid. Exactly. Those are the genetics he what got. Right? You know what he, had I mean? bell, he had the bell pepper nose. Yeah, exactly. Dog. He had that inside out nose. It was just yeah. like a, a, <laughs> a cavity. You know what I'm saying? It looked creepy, but um, yeah, you know, yeah. SPM was one of those guys, and then it's funny, man. I got, I get, in, I get sucked into opening up tablets, tabs. You know, I'll look at something up online, and okay. then I'll open it up, another article, another one, another one, and now I got like a hundred something on there, uh, and I'm reading about all these people, and I just come to realize there's nobody really. You can pretty much scrutinize damn near everybody yeah. in history because, yeah, yeah. and then, but the worst part is some of those people have some demons. You know what I mean? Like some of the deepest, darkest yeah, stuff. Yeah. And you're just like, man, like, how do that you they don't want to do compartmentalize with... their work from that person? Like, mm-hmm. how far does it go before you're just like, you know what? Like, I just can't fuck with this. Sometimes money can cover up some bullshit. Unfortunately, man. Yeah. Unfortunately for R. Kelly, that bullshit has been around for a long time. <laughs> so money just didn't do it. I'm just pissed at R. Kelly, dude. Don't, don't pay mind <laughs> to me. Uh, I have one more question. And uh, this is my final question. And then we'll go from there. But, um. I guess it's kind of a question directed to both of y'all. Um, so, do y'all think in the black community, art is preached as much as it should be? Definitely not. No, it's not because we, you know, we taught to go get degrees, go get jobs, go go to work, pay bills. It's not, and, but also too, a testament is that we're not. Also, you know, it's hard to be knowledgeable about it. You know, not as I would say. Not as knowledgeable as most white people would would know about it. Okay, you, you do have your you know your 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 black artists and you know a lot of people are starting now to understand the value in art. But just like anything, you gotta pass that on to the next generation. White people have been doing this for years. Yeah, true. You know what I'm saying? We just now catching on to it. To whereas you know, go buy a painting rather than buying a brand new car. Yeah, one appreciates, the other one depreciates. Exactly. You know, you drive a car off a lot, ten thousand they say ten thousand dollars gone. Exactly. Instantly. But you have to you gotta teach the next generation that. So Yeah, and I mean that probably has a lot to do also with class, you know, classes as well. I mean, mm-hmm. depends where you are in the spectrum of, of the economy financially. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of middle America in general is just gonna be a little more educated to that and right. of course 
you know, you know, um, the upper class is going to be educated to that. Where lower class, yeah, there's going to be some people that are going to be hip to that. They know that because, but they have to go and seek that exactly. knowledge out. It's they have to, they have to really go out there. It's put about making it in that class. For it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the knowledge. So the good part, at least, what nowadays is that that it's just easier to get access now. So the the um it's getting easier for people who are in the lower end of the spectrum mm-hmm. to be able to find resources to really look out and see mm-hmm. what else there mm-hmm. is that's that is the beauty of a lot of the technology we have so i think it's just important just you learn that knowledge and pass it off as much as you can and we're doing that's, that you know i see that with my daughter yeah. you know i'm i'm i mean even right now the thing that's controversial is history because school teaches you history one way. And then, you know, uh, my the wife, she was homeschooling and stuff. Yeah. And we were looking at books and kind of laughing because some of the books are just like, they skip over a lot of the shit. Yeah. And so, you know, she's in school and they're like, yeah, Christopher Columbus discovered America. And I'm like, let me tell you what really happened. actually happened <laughs> about that. Sit you know, down right there and let me tell yeah. you exactly what Now, I, I am getting to the point now where I'm like, you know what? The next thing we I want to do as a project is... Um, I want to try to buy all the uh, books that are banned. Every book that's banned in school or every book, I want to have a copy of that book. Oh, wow. I want to read that book, and then I want my daughter and my son to read that book. That's dope. You know, just so they yeah. can just have a whole new spectrum of things. So there's some books I'm like, well, Lolita, we might have to wait a bit. Wait until she's a little older than yeah. that. Yeah. But then, um, but there's other times where you're just like, man, like these books, I just felt like, for me personally, and, and I'm not saying I'm the smartest dude in the world, but I felt like, my knowledge of wanting to look for, you know, to increase my own intelligence came because I had great teachers that let us read all kinds of books, man. And like, I'm, you know, and I'm in fifth grade and she's just like, now read this, yeah. A Wrinkle in Time, yeah. you know, read, you know, let's read uh, Clockwork Orange, let's right. read this, let's read, and all, you know, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. And I was exposed to all this stuff and I was like, damn, this is amazing. Like, you know, we had to do permission slips and all that shit. In order to get the okay, because this material's older for older, you know, kids Audiences. and people, exact audience. So I, but I felt like that plays such a huge role, and me uh, wanting to keep looking for knowledge that I'm just like, man, I gotta pass this on to my kids. That's dope, though. But see, that's the thing. We have to take that mentality. I gotta pass this on to my kids. You know what I'm saying? This yeah. is not something that uh, art is not something that my parents taught me about. Yeah. You know I mean? And you know more than I do. I didn't get taught really about art directly like that. I might get taught about different things in life. It just was like with black and some culture mm-hmm. information. Mm-hmm. But as far as if you're talking about like straight up art, I mean, uh, you know, a French got a better obviously idea now. He can speak on it a lot more expertly. I can say at least on my end, even though I grew up and I, as I got older, I started rising up from lower class uh-huh, to uh-huh, middle class. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I still wasn't necessarily taught art, but I started kind of learning it a mixture kind of on my own, if that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one more question. What about um, you, though? Like, was that something you see, I mean, in the Hispanic community? Because, yeah. obviously, we talked to a lot of folks, man, we, and, and uh, it's cool to see the scene kind of growing now, but what, what about yourself? Is that something you see now, especially you being a little younger than us? Okay, there's two ways I could, I could uh, go about this. Um, so the first way is this. First of all, in the Latino community, um, I've always said this, that there's just no unity between the Latino voice. So I do feel that there is creative people out there, but there's just uh, there's no unity in it. So, you know, the support is very, like, 
scattered around. Mm-hmm. You know, I- instead of it just being one full community of let's just support uh, our Latino community, whoever's doing something creative, and let's just support them. Um, so that's how I felt about that. Okay. So I come from a Salvadorian community, right? Okay. So um, when it comes to the Salvadorian thing, it's funny you say that, it, that you asked that. It's because when I was in middle school, even in high school, there's only so many Salvadorians on you. And a lot of that, I think, is uh, people were afraid to claim it. Uh. Um, and I think it's uh, it's crazy because now that uh, social media back to it, I found some people that are doing podcasts. I found people that are doing uh, uh, zines. I found people who are doing so many different things, and they're Salvadorian, and they're claiming it. Mm. And it's amazing because... Shit, probably what they were feeling at that time, that's exactly what they were feeling at the time. And I'm talking about people that are in Houston that probably went to other schools and honestly, people in L.A. Mm. And um, it's pretty fucking crazy. So um, to me, it's like uh, me and Jamal have many of these conversations. I feel like even if I want to put it in a smaller perspective, Salvadorians, but even in a bigger thing, Latinos... We're barely going through what the black community went to, through. Right, right, right. And in a way, y'all, uh, the com- black community is still going through it. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, um, we haven't even reached through where, to where y'all are at right now. But we, I feel we still have a, a way of going to where we have to show unity within ourselves uh-huh. to uh-huh. actually, you know, support each other with the, anything, honestly, right. before we even support each other creatively. We need to support each other in so many other things. But that's just me speaking. Okay. I don't know. Cool. Good. Didn't mean to catch you out. I was just curious to... No, no, no. And I think it's... And it is. I think now, slowly but surely, some parents are starting to... And then it has a lot to do with uh, a lot of immigrants. um, Yeah, that's uh, that's a whole different... First generation. I'm a first generation, so... Uh. um, it's my job to do with uh, what Lamont's parents did, what your dad and your mom did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, uh, that's why I admire it so much is because I need to do that for my kids. Maybe my job is not so much um, exactly do, uh, maybe I'm not going to be able to ever see when Latinos are creative and putting in and respecting it and everything. Maybe my duty is for my kids to see that yeah. and pass put that them, on and it's their job now and to put them to, around people that are. Yeah, you know what I mean. So yeah, access to that. Yeah, I don't know. It's just so deep that that, that it could go. That it's just yeah. fucking crazy. I thought of something, but I was like, just remind me to ask you once we stop recording because it sounds kind of crazy, and I don't even know how to start. It. Do it right now because if not, you're gonna lose it. Go. Oh damn! See now you gotta put me on the spot. No, I was just kind of. Um, I just I don't know why I just thought about it. Like you know, you talk about your story. You talk about your first generation immigrant immigrants, and I don't know. I just found something fascinating about. The comparison of of Latinos coming into this country compared to you know like the Africans who are coming into this country and how slavery was used to kind of stunt their opportunity to immediately you know learn mm-hmm. about some of the different culture and how is yeah. I don't know I just found something fascinating about Latinos coming into this country at least now currently mm-hmm. and the first generation instead of being bondage they're 
already kind of going with the flow of everything, man. They're already soaking in so much stuff, and they're able to now it pass it on time. a lot faster because they have yeah. nothing to, to, well, to hold that, them back. And I, and I don't mean that. Uh, not trying to talk lightly about like these bills are pushing. They're they're pimping see, out like, to Latinos, try to slow man, them down. They're not afraid of work. But it's just yeah. kind, it's just you know cool to see. Like I don't know. I just it's cool to see it immediate. I guess you could say. You know, like. With you already, like it's an immediate thing. You're work. you're dipping in all kinds. But here's of, the thing, though. Of, of but here, here, here's what you have to understand. That's why, I, maybe I'm one in a few, man. But that's why I pray so much the black community. I mean, I look up to leaders like Malcolm X. I mm-hmm. mean, at the end, of the, I always say Malcolm X is because I believe that Malcolm X had more of a. Fuck you. You hit me, I'm gonna hit you back, and that's just yeah. the way I think. By Mal- any means uh, necessary. Martin Luther King was more of a. I'm going to preach my way out of it type of deal, you know. <laughs> and I, I appreciate that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like, fuck that, man. I'm a human just like you. You ain't yeah. going to fucking disrespect me. You know, they me. say at the end of his life, he started looking more. I uh, started like, hurt. Malcolm yes. Yeah. Um, but anyways, um, and I think that's why it, it, it's so important to me that for me, I've learned so much from the black community. And that's why I'm able to to to... To so quickly say, I'm the first generation, I need yeah. to do that. Because I've been able to learn from what the black community has been through, you know? But if it was, dude, if it was where equally both communities were being, um, went through slavery the same way, I think we would all be in the same place or some, one would be lost. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't, that's, I don't a good, know. that's a good way to put it. You know? Uh, yeah, there's something to dig into it. But uh, I don't know. Like I said, I'm, I, and that's not... When I say that, that's not me comparing it as far as like nah, no, one. Dude. You know, it has nothing to dude, do. Dude, right. to me, I take, me, I just see it as just more of the fascination where, I guess, if I'd imagine, you know, traveling back so many years and I can kind of watch, where you know, obviously things were were slowed down mm-hmm. and stunted from from the black community that was coming in on purpose to. Uh, compare and just comparing that to just seeing how the Latino community is coming in and they're like immediately. Um, Evolving. I don't. I don't I'm trying. No. Here, 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 here's uh, to put it simple: is the the black community, the black community set the ground for Latinos to to be able to do something here. Yeah, and but it, still, it, but you guys are carving your own your own part, man. It's, no, we're making our own, own lane. No, yeah, we're making our own lane. Built. Yes. And I'm just, I, I just think it's so damn cool that I'm alive to to watch. Does that make sense? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, man, like. I wonder how, like, you know, you see, like, a revolution um, happening, and it's just it's just cool to kind of see, it, be a part of that history, man. Yeah, and, yeah. And, uh, you know, you can pass that on to your children, and et cetera, et cetera, and then one day maybe they'll talk about us. You but know, the same way that, but the same way say, that, hey, but, you know. but it's just the same way the black community was talked about when they were doing their movement. Well, exactly. Right? Exactly. So it's just now you're experiencing it with our culture. Yeah. You that, get what yeah, I mean? Ex- and exactly. it's the exact same thing. Exactly. But I'm telling you what, though, like, this is this is what gets to me is the black community had no um, no one to look up to no one to say they've done it the black community just said it's time it's time to us to do our thing yeah us Latinos we have to see black community has done it and we still choose to just I don't know divide each other within our whole uh, cultural differences. Well, that happens a lot with it, with everybody. I mean, I've told you a lot of that was fear, uh, and a lot of it was fear. Where it was just like, "Hey, don't rock the boat. 
Be grateful for what you yeah. have. Those people are some of the most dangerous people in the world. Not the people that are telling you not to do anything. It's the people who are kind of like in the middle, but they're slowly really trying to pull you away from it. Exactly. Those are the most dangerous-minded it's folks it's in the world say, because you know, they're going to make you sink down and, and put those doubts into your mind. They, you know, those people, imagine if they were successful for telling anyone not to do anything. Yeah. We wouldn't have shit done. We wouldn't have inventions, for God's sake. So, yeah. you're right, man. It's, um, you know, it is a kind of a tough I'll one because the people are still sleep. around, but uh, appreciate it. <laughs> appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. That was my Vans uh, Nintendo controller uh, Vans. You got to brag about it. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> well, they're asking. But, but anyways, um, I guess it's just cool to kind of watch that. And I'm excited to see who's going to be the big voice of the Latino community. Who's going to be the, the Malcolm X, the Martin Luther of the American, you know, Latino uh, culture. And that excites me. I want to see it happen. I want to see it go down. I'm, you know me, man. I'm all for that shit. You know what I'm saying? So, I feel you. Yeah, it's, it's cool. It's interesting. And actually, that's something... Do we go on for days speak about that? Yeah, oh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's. Anyways, sorry, Lamar. We went on. on it's all good, man. Yeah, man, it's all good. you know. I- Back to reality. Um, We're on uh, two hours and 40 minutes right now. So I actually wanted to give you the, the um, moment to just exp- tell uh, people where they could find you and tell them what you got coming up, man. And um, right, cool. tell them what's, to ex- what's expected in 2018 from Lamont French, man. Um, all right. So you guys can find me on Instagram. Uh, my handle is at French Lamont. Uh, Lamont is spelled L-A-M-O-N-T-E. Uh, the picture, my face will be covered. and It'll be American flag behind me. Um, what I got coming up, like I said, I got my $100 show uh, coming up in March. That'll be a City View loss. Uh, I'll probably be back on the show before then just to remind you guys. Um, Meredith Reinhardt, I'm curating her show in July. And then uh, in November, uh, that's always the big solo show. The first weekend in November, November 3rd, 2018. uh, That'll be um, Lamont French solo exhibit. Um, So 2018, man, what you guys can expect from me, you know, whatever opportunities that I I can, um, you know, you'll be able to see my work. But the work is going to be a lot bigger. So I'll have some that are, you know, some eight foot pieces. Okay. um, uh, In the... It'll just be better, uh, a lot more aesthetics, which is uh, like different materials, outside materials and things like that. And um, and uh, this year, uh, I'll probably be doing my first sculpture called Back to the Future. So, All right, um, nice. Yeah, I'm using a live tarantula in that joint. So damn. Yeah, it'll be it'll be uh, it'll be on the show in in November. So. Okay. Um, that's it, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. You know, you know, I love you guys, and uh, and I'm always gonna support you guys because you guys support the culture. So, hey, same here, man. Yeah. Uh, just so you know, man, I always love. Besides being a guest, man, I just love talking to you just in general. Yeah, yeah you know, so you're the type of people I just love talking to. Righteous, man. You know what I mean? Uh, just like my boy here, Jamal. Yeah, we yeah, talked for like vibes, man. Yeah, yeah, five hours. I could go on talking to the man. Just right, right. And that's just the vibe I get for you, man. That's why mm-hmm. I mean we. We're about to hit three hours just because you know what I'm saying. I forget. Hey, I, 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 I forget. I forget. It's a podcast, man. And yeah. then, um, you give that vibe, man. And um, salute. Honestly, I'm the type man that respects a lot my elders. Um, I think I've even showed it with your parents. Mm-hmm. Salute to your parents, man. I, I, um, they probably don't know <laughs> me. They probably will never know me. Yeah. But salute to the respect that they showed you to show to other people and other cultures, man. Absolutely. Um, you show. Humbleness and I I just think that's amazing, man. Like, I appreciate I, honestly, coming especially from the background you come from. Yeah, I appreciate. Uh, it. It's not 
always you're gonna find some people that are like cool about it to just kick it with you and right. want to talk to you, yeah. especially off the background you come yeah. from. Yeah, I appreciate um, that, man. I appreciate that for real. Yeah. So uh, shout out Mama and Papa French <laughs> for sure. So uh, nothing but love, man, and uh, nothing but. I wish nothing but the best for you, man. I and uh, for sure, I'm sure you're gonna be here in 2018. So uh, we ain't gonna make this sound all sad and fucking ah, yeah. shit. So we're, I'm we're, bringing we're tequila next up. time. We're drinking tequila shots. Ooh. The thing with tequila That's though, gonna be hell of a yeah. uh, podcast. We're gonna be slurred after a while. Tequila like, shot. We're gonna do it on a Friday night. <laughs> tequila shots. We. You see, I can't. Do, you already went. To- <laughs> <laughs> you don't understand. Bentley, Bentley cannot mix. Anything, bro. Yeah. When I start mixing shit, dude, I I, I get like tequila. Yeah. I'm gonna get a haircut that night. Okay. Hey, you'll get a fresh chop. Have some tequila Ooh. out there. I better be going bald. <laughs> <laughs> tequila, weed, and white women. <laughs> Damn. The American dream. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> Anyways, uh. Thank you for joining us today, man. Appreciate it. Definitely, Nothing man. but love, man. Definitely, uh, man. We always here, man, to show you love and support Definitely, you always, man. man. Thank y'all, brother. Thank you. All right. Man. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, y'all can catch, of course, this episode wherever y'all listening to. Yeah. Obviously, you already heard it. So <laughs> let y'all people know that they can listen on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play Music. So uh, peace. Yeah. Oh, follow us, Boys in the Body. Oh, yes, for sure. Peace. <laughs>